All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I'm your host, Questlove. Uh, we have Team Supreme with us. We have Unpaid Bill. How Here you doing, I am. Bill? Yes, Bill. There you Good are. You. How you doing? Uh, Sugar Good Steve time. in the house. How you doing? Hi, Amir. Hi, Jackson. Brother. Hello. 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 All right. What's up, Sugar Steve? Yes, sir. Uh, we have uh, Fontigolo. Well, yeah, man. I'm busting down a, a salad and a, and a crab cake. <laughs> yo, Sammy King, I'm sorry. It's a, it's, I'm, you know, I'm watching, trying to watch my figure these days. Yeah. You, you, and I've been bumping triumph all day. I just had to let you know. I, I been give it up. I had it on blast before. I've been waiting on this all day, bro. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and finally, we have uh, Laia, the, the the first lady of the show. How Listen, how, how are you right now? You can good? You feel it? Yes. I don't care. We gotta pay for it. Can you feel it? Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm we good. might have to yes. pay for that. Can you feel it? I'm just done. I'm done. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will just say that um, we're given the honor right now of having a conversation uh, with uh, an American, I guess I can say an American institution. Yep. Dynasty. Uh, Yes. An American dynasty for over damn near six decades. Um, Our guests have uh, blazed a trail of of, of hit records, of sold out concerts, of, of dizzying choreography, of groundbreaking videos. Basically, I'll be pressed to find one human being on earth who is not in one way, shape or form been affected by their legacy. And it's apropos that they're on the show now. Their entire Sony catalog has just caught up with their Motown catalog and that their uh, self-titled 76 album, uh, 77's Going Places and Destiny from 78 uh, have finally, after all these decades, gotten the, the, the remastered treatment finally on uh, streaming platforms. And, you know, basically words I'd never thought I'd say in this lifetime. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Questlove Supreme, the Jacksons. Yes. What's up, Quest? <laughs> hey, Quest. Welcome. How, how you doing, How you doing? How you all doing? How you guys doing? Yeah. And we good. So, Thank you. Honor, all right. So, you know, slight disclosure. Uh, we, we've cheated already by uh, talking to Tito 
Mm-hmm. Actually, what our our second episode, correct? Yeah, yeah. Our, since since we've been the iHeart, right? Our second mm-hmm. episode. So, um, this this might be rerun city, but I you know figured I'd, I'd figure out creative ways to ask these questions. I guess my my first question off the bat is, if one says twenty three hundred Jackson Street, what is your first immediate memory that comes to mind automatically well i'm a this is marlon so i'm gonna jump in first since i'm the Go youngest ahead. out of the out of the three here okay uh, you should be the, you should be the last one no brother that house uh, on 2300 jackson street that our house in gary indiana mm-hmm. first thing that pops in mind to me that that huge house when I was young, and when I go back to visit that little house that uh, mm. we all grew up in and we all practice, that's where we got our start from, from that house on the corner of 2300 Jackson Street. So you're saying that as a young as a youngster, you thought that that was an average-sized house? And oh, was, <laughs> no, that was, a, he, that, that was a he, mansion when we were young. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yes, it sure was. I mean, yeah. We did everything in that house, played hide and seek and rehearse. Uh, we put the, pulled the furniture back and my father would rehearse us in the living room. It was only a, a two bedroom house mm-hmm. with 11 people, but uh, we managed to make it work. Marla's garage is bigger than that house right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackie, what are you, what are your memories of of twenty three hundred Jackson Street? Well, like Marlon said, you know, it's a place where we all grew up in the house, and uh, a lot of fun memories there. With loving uh, parents, and we love each other. We were bonded together. We had a two bedroom uh, house, and uh, and I remember, you know, in our bedroom we had like bump beds that were stacked up together, like five like beds, a, like the Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And my sisters, my sisters, they, they all slept in the living room. There was a couch, a couch bed that let out, and my mm-hmm. mother and father slept in the other bedroom. But there was a lot of love, a lot of rehearsing in that house. We bonded together, and there was a lot of con- small concerts in that house because we had audience people coming from the neighborhood, <laughs> speaking in the windows, watching us rehearse every single day. And we, and uh, that was pretty much our audience. And that's uh, that's a lot of fun memories. It was just an open door policy, like one could just. Yeah, just come up to the window. Oh, yes. just come to the window, not walk inside no. the house. And- oh, no, 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 you can walk inside no, because there's no, no room. No, but, you can do that. They, they will fight to get the best position in the window to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, see okay. what we were doing. Yeah. Usually, and they're watching these rehearsals, then how how long would these rehearsals last for? A couple for two, hours. Yeah. Two hours at least. Yeah. Sometimes yes. three, you know, so we get it right, we take a break and Take a fifteen minute break and go back at it, you know. <laughs> okay, because um, most of the time we had rehearsals prior to doing the gig because we would gig on the weekdays after uh, school. We rehearsed and go to that gig about seven o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. in Chicago or what have you. Oh, and then be really? back, uh, get back home somewhere around one or two in the morning, get up and go to school, which I did not mind because. When we were when we played shows in Chicago, people would throw money on stage, and so Michael and I, you know, we're doing splits left and right, and we get, we get to keep the money. Yeah. So <laughs> when I went to school, we used to stop at the store and get a pocket full of candy, then go to class. So Michael and I, we always had money. 
<laughs> you all are falling in the second grade. Okay, I see. Had well, a dollar, wait, before, a dollar before, fifty cents. <laughs> wait, I, I wanted to know. I know you that got five for a penny, Tito. You got five for a penny back in those days. Okay, I know. I, I know that you guys were an official five some. Uh, what sixty five? But back when the group was just a trio, back when it was just uh, Jackie Tito and Jermaine, and Jermaine. Yeah. What what was the what was the arrangement of the group then before Marlon and Michael came along? Like, well, we were just basically a, a, a bedroom group. We hadn't done anything uh, out in the public or anything like that. We were just three brothers trying to be the Isley brothers or Temptations. Trying to figure it out. Trying to figure yeah, it out. Trying, trying, yeah, <laughs> trying to figure it out. How did Temptations sound like this or the Miracles or whoever? Okay. We were just putting it, get, you know, getting it together. But in a trio situation, who was the lead person? Who was the, in that particular situation? At that time, Jermaine was singing a lot of lead. Plus we were all singing at that time too. But uh, then later on, then uh, Michael and Marlon joined, and Michael came in playing, you know, the Quaker oatmeal boxes. The Quaker yeah. Oh wow! He was, yeah. he, was playing, he called himself playing the bongos on that. Michael did, and uh, he has so much. And him and Marlon had so much dancing ability and energy. So we decided, hey man, we got to put them in the group. You know. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. So hey. that's how that started, you know. And so and we so- had them in the group. And then we started doing all these talent shows, you know, all these talent shows in town from my high school. We had a lot of talent shows going on. And we would join these talent shows, rehearsing for the talent shows, and we would win these talent shows all, all, all over the regional part of, uh, of, of the state, you know, of, okay. of, of Indiana. We go to Michigan, different places like that, and and uh, and just win all these talent shows. And on these shows, there were Denise Williams, Earth When the Fire was on some of these shows. And mm-hmm. You know, these talent shows like that, you know. I was going to say, um, yeah, Wanda Hutchinson of The Emotions. Yeah. And Sheila, I believe, as well, um, mm-hmm. told us that they would often run into you guys doing Absolutely. kind of the circuit. Yeah. Doing yeah, the we, circuit. Did the, mm-hmm. we, we did what they mm-hmm. call the chilling circuit. And actually, mm-hmm. not only them, the OJs, it was the uh, Shalites and us. And, and like you said, The Emotions. And we used to do a place in Chicago called the High Chaparral, and um, Maurice White was with another band, and they would play. He was the uh, drummer. Maurice yeah. was the drummer. Yeah. T-Box yes. Simmons was the name of that band. Oh, it was, Tito? Yes, yes T-Box then, Simmons. And, and uh, when we did do those places, one time I remember, so uh, Pig Meat Markham was the main act. And they would have us on. Become the judge. Yeah. They would have us. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and when we did the, po- the Apollo, you know, amateur stuff, uh, you had Moms Mabley or Etta James were the, the acts that came in, or Sam and Dave were the headliners. And we came on Amateur Night and did our thing, and people enjoyed us. How many shows we used to do, Marlon, at the Apollo? Uh, what, seven shows a night or something Six like or that? Six or seven shows a day. Yeah, at the yeah a day. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would do Amateur Night? Each time around, or was it at some point where you guys were sort of out of amateur night and just a featured act? It was amateur night. It was, and then we then we would do the talent shows and the five stair steps. Uh, they, we had a rivalry, I guess, yeah. between us and the five stair steps. And Michael would cry. Michael would cry his butt off because you know sometimes before that came on before us, you know the uh-huh. crowd started throwing eggs at him and stuff like that because they were bad. <laughs> 
and Mike would cry because he's scared they're going to do the same thing to him. So right. we would try to calm him and say, Mike, just do your thing. Everything's going to be okay. You know, he would cry like a baby because he didn't want them throwing eggs on him on stage right. like, you know, and grabbing a hook and hooking him off stage. That's what, <laughs> that's what, they, did. That's what they did back in the day. That's sure did. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Sandman Sims. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, um, I know that, well, of course, everyone knows the legend of the Apollo, but for those other spots that were in the Chitlin circuit, like uh, either the Regent or the Uptown in Philly or the Fox in Detroit, was it also the same way? Like if you were new, you were someone booing you off the stage or anything, or was that just the Apollo? Like, could you well, relax if you, it, if you were at it, Chicago no, or any well, other place? It, I, it was more so as Apollo, but they'll bully you. If you're not good Regal Theater or wherever, Uptown, they're going to boo you, yes. you know, but, but, uh, the, Black people don't play, you know, <laughs> but did that ever happen? Did that ever no. happen to the Jacksons though? No, 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 we no, we never, yeah. yeah, we never got the boo. Yeah. So, uh, we were scared of the boo. So we did the best that we could do. I see. Please stay away from that book. Wait, Tito. <laughs> yes, sir. Tito. The world kind of knows the story of of you discovering the your your father's guitar. Uh huh. But I always wanted to know how was Jermaine able to learn the bass? Was was it a similar situation? Like who taught him how to play the bass? Well, I gave Jermaine bass guitar. Uh, lessons on the bass, bass notes on the guitar, I should say, because when my father bought the second guitar, he started playing the guitar that I was uh, sneaking from my father, and okay. I was showing you know the little things on the on the on the guitar, but it was bass stuff. So he was playing bass on the guitar, because as you know, the first four strings, the first uh, four strings, right? Uh, yes, yeah, same same thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then what he did. He started studying James Jameson of uh, Motown because yeah. we listened yeah. to all the Motown songs. And he yeah. started studying James Jameson. He was to, uh, he used to play just like him, Jermaine, as a young kid. He, I mean, he had it down, you know, singing and playing at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. before you guys went to Motown, you were on uh, Steel Town. What was the story uh-huh. of Steel Town? Like, who owned the label? How did you guys wind wind up recording a? a a single for them. Well, well, Steel Town was just a local record company in Garyanda. We really didn't. I guess we were so young. We, well, we didn't had, know. We, we didn't, didn't know. know a lot. My father is basically who took us and was controlling all the activities of the his little boys at that time because we was really really young. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a, a re, uh, picture of uh, the band recording the song "I'm a Big Boy Now." We were all quite small little kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just happened one take, and that was it. Gordon I mean, Keith. right? It was the budget wasn't big. It was nothing, you know. We could have recorded music. this song in our in our living room. Oh, in, in and out. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. In and out. Like you said, you were so young. Like, how did you look at all the rehearsals and all the shows and all the and all the things you were doing? Did you? Did you think it was the the most fun thing you could do? I mean, I think it 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 is, but but at the time, did you think that well, we had was the most was something fun? else waiting when, for you? When they say uh, keepers of the dream, we really had dreams. We all wanted to uh, be like uh, Jackie Wilson and James Brown and the Temps. We wanted to be entertainers, stars. We wanted to 
go to uh, Holly, California, or wherever the stars lived, and see. It was fun too. That's the main thing. We had a lot of fun along the journey, but we never realized what a mark we was making in the world when we were younger because uh, we were constantly busy and, and uh, we would go to different parts of the world and and uh, get back to school and we could tell the class everything about the place. But don't don't get uh, us wrong. There were times that we didn't want to rehearse. Trust me, we'd rather be outside playing. And the kids used to laugh at us sometimes and tell us, you're not going to get anywhere. And, and um, you know, with the rehearsing, but my father, you know, made sure that we rehearsed before we did anything rehearse. We used to take breaks sometime and watch Batman or the Green Hornet, then back to rehearsal. Yeah, and you watched but, the Three Stooges, that's what you Yeah, Oh, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we watched them doggone st- Three Stooges. Yes, we did. Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> did you play any sports in uh, in school? Yeah. Or? Yeah. We played a lot of basketball, baseball, because the baseball field was right behind our house. And if we weren't doing music, we was playing baseball most of the time. That's what we did. We or cricket. Baseball, uh, cricket. Or, or cricket in the alley, yes, cricket. Yeah. Wait, black people play cricket? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah that's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, we played cr- ghetto cricket, but we played it. <laughs> Skelly. No, I'm <laughs> Describe it, Marlon. Tell me how the game goes, Marlon. We used to uh, set up like three cans on the ground yeah. at each end. Yeah. And we had a stick. We all had sticks to bat. Either you throw at the can or you roll it and you hit the ball and you go back and forth counting. And whoever got to a certain point, a certain number, won the, won the game. And it gave you skills because Jackie and Jermaine and Tina, they used to try to see if they could hit it all the way to the other field over the fence. And they did. And you can imagine someone running trying to get that ball and throw it back. And if your stick is up and they knock down your cans, it's the, it's the other team's turn to come up and take a bat. Wow. Cricket by that's Marlon what, Jackson. That's, what we, that's what we did. Okay. Out, outside of moving cylinder blocks from one end of the yard to the other end of the yard, uh, which a chore that my father gave us. Oh, I, yeah, that's not a sport, that's actually. Not a, yeah, I, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, ghetto cricket. That's, that's exactly what it, uh, the no, ghetto cricket should be ghetto called cricket. cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, when we saw that on uh, the American Dream, uh, I guess it was Jackie had to keep moving the bricks. What was that like? Just well, something to keep you occupied for an hour or so, or keep us occupied, no. keep us from keep us from the games. Being in the streets, okay, and it and it took all day. It took all day. It took all day. It didn't take no hour. It took all day, (laughs) and Michael and I couldn't pick up one, so the two of us carried one. And um, yeah, he would make us when I get home from work. I want to see those bricks from that end of the yard to over at that other end of the yard. Wow. Okay, so explain to me the environment that was Gary, Indiana, in the mid '60s, like. What, what is what is your father trying to keep you from? What well, is what is outside of twenty three hundred Jackson Street? Well, there were gangs then lurking to recruit new young members, and and I guess my father felt that that was my sons would not be a member of those gangs, so he kept us occupied, and um, and and we did go out and, and play sometime in the streets, hide and seek or whatever, but majority of the times we uh, we were working moving those bricks around or, or rehearsing. But the, there were gangs sometime, and Jackie and Tito can elaborate on this more, because I, I was still in elementary school. 
going to yeah, no, 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 there was a lot of gangs around Gary. There was, uh, they were shooting. You could be uh, on your porch at night because the ladies of the neighborhood, uh, meaning the mothers, would mm-hmm. get together and, you know, say mosquitoes are bad. So they have a, a garbage can fire going and, and join the smoke. Keep And all of a sudden you start hearing pop, cars speeding down the street and people start running and ducking. So there was a lot of gang activity around. But the gangs, but the gangs never did mess with us. They always protected us when we walked through the gangs. They, they, they were. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah they knew not that. to mess with you guys. Yeah. They, well, they, I they guess supported we, us. They supported we were making us. some positive noise, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. That's notable. What, were you guys first generation Gary, Indiana, or were your parents from there as well? I, I don't remember. If I knew no, that. no, no, they no, were. no. My parents aren't from there, but uh, they we're first generation from Gary. Yeah. Okay. So where were your parents from? I'm just curious. I never. Uh, my mother's from, from Arkansas and no, my father's from Arkansas. My mother's from Alabama. Okay. What city? She She's a Bama girl. Yes. Do you know the city I, I, though? I think I, I don't. I think it's Hertzboro. Something like Damn it! Okay, I thought it was Mobile. Yeah, <laughs> no, just check it. Yeah, they Columbus. Yeah. Either way, her childhood wasn't but so sweet. Yeah, yeah. My father's from uh, Little Rock. Oh, wow. okay. okay. Oh, wow. Little Rock. Little Rock. I, I read um once that your that your mom she was like a country western singer. Did she used to sing country? Yeah. What happened you know? was with that, you know, at that time, you know, our television broke and uh, we didn't have money to get it fixed, you know, so we would, okay. uh, we would sing, uh, she was an avid country western fan. She loved country western music. Charlie Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And different people. And uh, we was harmonized with her, singing with her, you know, and because uh, no television, we sing with her and she came to my father one day and said, Joe, um, your boys can really see and they can harmonize. He said, Kate, they can't. He said, Joe. Your Joe, boys can't sing, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, Joe, they, they really can sing. So he has, so she, you know, we sung for him and he got all excited. That's when he started buying instruments, going out buying instruments for us, all the instruments. Wow. So when you guys were kids, was he gigging at all or was that part of his life done with? Because I, I know that he did a few. Well, he had a little local band called the Falcons. He had a band himself. And he, they would come over to the house and play with my uncle. His brother played guitar, and he played guitar. And, and we used to watch them play all the time, just, them just watch them just gig. And, and to us, they were like big professionals. And we watched them all the time, and, and they would play at the house. It was great watching them play. And that's how we learned about music and just listening to all the Motown songs on the radio and stuff like that. You know, And Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, it's everybody. It yeah, amazing. we sure did. It was amazing. Yeah. Yes. So, Marlon, I know that you brought it up earlier, but I always heard about the legend of, of Mr. Lucky's, oh, which I Mr. guess was Lucky's? like sort of like your home spot. But what yeah. What was Mr. Lucky's? Miss, I, Miss would, Lucky's would that have been a strip a, club today or like? I, no, it wasn't a strip club. It was a little nightclub. That one wasn't. In Gary, Indiana. Yeah. In Gary, oh, okay. Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they, they paid us. We got paid $8. For our first show mm. at Mr. Lucky's. That was the first gig that we got paid. And we were so happy about it. I mean, mm-hmm. but eight dollars back in those days take you a long way. And that's yeah. The, yeah. those were the shows where Mar- Michael and Marlon would they would throw money on the floor and they would do the splits and grab the money and and Marlon and yeah. Tito and I and Jermaine would be in our say, oh G- in you, our, you, they're getting all the money. We weren't getting them. <laughs> 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 
Oh boy. Yeah. You know, we've we've heard different accounts, mm-hmm. but I, I never heard it from you guys verbatim. I mean, I talked to Gladys Knight, and she told me she was the one. And then uh, Tommy Chung of uh, Cheech, Cheech and Chong says Chung, that but... you know Bobby Bobby and the Vancouver's. I didn't know that he wrote because um, you guys did a, a cover of it. Uh, I didn't know that he wrote. Does your uh, Does your mama, your know, mama about know about me? About me yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, damn, Cheech and Chong, like Motown hey. or Tommy Chong, Motown Legends. Yeah. So, wh- what is what is the real story? I know I know the angle, but who literally made it happen? Yes, I'm going to introduce you to this person. Da da da. That leads to Barry. Okay, Gordon, I'm going like. to set the record straight. I'm going to set the record. Well, well, well. We played a, a concert in, in, in Gary, Indiana, mm-hmm. and uh, for our mayor, Richard Gordon Hatcher, who's no longer with us. Yeah, he was okay. the mayor the, at the time. And so he was campaigning at the time. So Gladys Knight was his, his guest there, you know, and, and we happened to play the same show. So she happens, she saw us on the concert. She went back to Barry Gordon and told Barry Gordon, there's some guys in Indiana that's, that's incredible. You've got to sign these kids. It was Gladys who discovered us first. And Bobby Taylor did the show the next year. He saw us the same. He went back to Barry Gordy and said the same exact thing with both of those people. But mm-hmm. Dinah Ross was his biggest artist. She's the one who brought us out because he was his yeah. biggest star. So, so Barry she, used Dinah Ross she, to, introduce to introduce us to the world. Marketing. Yeah. Presenting. Okay, but it was it. Gladys Knight and Bobby Taylor was the ones who discovered us. That's okay. true. All right. Well, true story. They're true. Moving, moving to... Los Angeles from Gary, Indiana. How how much of a fish out of water situation was that for you guys, as far as uh, watching what the world that you see on television, which is how I would tell you because I used to watch all the football games and all the football games. We got Chicago Bears, we got the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. It was snowing outside, freezing. Then they would show in the afternoon games. They would show San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Rams, right? So mm-hmm. I'm watching TV. I'm in the snow, freezing my butt off. And I'm watching TV, seeing all these people. They show the palm trees and show the people in the stands having a great time. I said, that's where I want to go. I want to go to Los Angeles. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but that's where I'm going to go. That's where I want to live. That's what I said to myself. Wow. <laughs> I don't Back know then. how I was going to get yeah, yeah. I don't know how yeah. I was going to get there. And uh, some kind of way, uh, we were signed with Motown, and Barry Gordy decided to move his office over to Los Angeles because he wants to get into the film business, right? You know, so he moved his whole entire office from Detroit. He still had office. He still had office in Detroit, but he moved his operation to Los Angeles, California, and he brought us over there with him. Was there ever talk of you guys moving to Detroit first to be? Matter of fact, we did go to Detroit. We was in Detroit recording our music first. And then we went on to we was how long how long were we in Detroit? About a year, two years, guys, recording? We, about a year. We signed with Mo, we signed with Motown in nineteen sixty-eight. But uh, and we told everybody and people didn't believe it. We was because we didn't have any music out. <laughs> yeah. It took oh, okay. over a year before we even got in the studio. Yeah, longer than that, Marlon. Yeah. Oh, okay. So some of that first album was recorded at the, the Hitsfield studio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, a lot. Oh yes. Oh, a yeah. lot of it. Yeah. A, whole, a lot of it. The temps and all of them would come around. We would see all those cats, all those people would come around and, and give us all kind of support. And they was, you know, uh-huh. saying, saying hello to us. And 
Jermaine was trying to hit on Barry Gordy's daughter at the time. Jermaine was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you succeeded. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, what one question I, I had, if um Jackie, you're the oldest, you may have the best memory of it. Um, I was always curious to know about uh the corporation. Um uh Freddie Perrin, Larry Mazel. Um, do you have any Deke memories Richards. of working with those guys? Deke Richards, yeah. Yeah, Hans Mazel. Yeah. Yeah, they had just got out of, they had just got out of uh, college just from Howard University, just graduated from Howard University. Mm-hmm. But and they were incredible, Lord. they were incredible musicians, songwriters, and Barry Gordy put them with us. You right. know, and and we used to we used to laugh at Freddie Perrin and Fonz Myself because they were we we would go into the studio, we'd see them, and they're on a, a little moped scooter, two of them. Right, right. You're right, Marty, you're right. Yeah, I remember that. And we'd pass them up on the street and they were coming to the studio, but they had the hits. They sure did. They were yeah, not a lot of our well, especially um from a hip hop perspective, I mean I don't think a lot of people uh our contemporaries even equate that, you know, the Mizell brothers, their their seventies catalog and stuff. all the stuff that yeah. they did on Blue Note Records, right? You know, with Donald Byrd and even the stuff they did with like a Taste of Honey and all that stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I don't think they even equate that these are the same guys that also wrote "I Want You Back." I want you back and <laughs> all those things. The love you yeah. save and all that. Oh yeah, they were incredible. And they don't even know that uh, their nephew was Jam uh, Master J from Run DMC. Mm-hmm. They never put two and two together so with myself, that, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, I was going to say when you first get to Motown, what is what is the 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 basic uh, work operation as far as you guys learning songs? Because well, let me ba- let me let me bag it up for you. I think you will find this interesting. I know you okay. say from, from 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 Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. We went to Detroit to audition for Barry Gordy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of Motown songs. And so Barry had this huge house, had a golf course in the backyard and uh, the back nine, he had an indoor swimming pool. You go to down, downstairs for the bowling mm-hmm. alley, mm-hmm. you know, all the games. And so we get ready to, Michael and I playing in the pool, having a great time. Jackie ar- walking around biting his nails, damn near ate up his fingers because he was so <laughs> nervous. <laughs> and he used to get after Michael and I. This is serious, guys. This is our chance. Y'all fooling around playing with all the games and stuff. Get serious. I mean, we were kids. Right. And all of a sudden, we get ready to do do our show. Well, no, he was. It's, the, all of us. Let me back. All of our equipment was set up around the pool. Yeah, right. Had indoor Jackie, let me back up because Marlon is. We had already auditioned for Motown the day before. Barry decided, yeah, I want to sign these kids. So he acts. He said, "Tomorrow's Diana Ross's birthday. Oh, I'm having a party for her at my house, and right. I want you guys to perform." And so, so we're around the pool. At, at, at this party, tell them who was at the party, Marlon. We're, we're, oh around, we're around the pool, right? Wait, and we do a lot of Motown. So all of a sudden, I see Marvin Gaye come through the wow. door. Then all of a sudden, the temps, the temps walk through the door. Then Stevie Donna Ross Wonder. come in. Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Robinson. comes through the door. <laughs> <laughs> the, four, the four tops come through the door. And, and all of a sudden, 
no, the, we just got to sing their songs. That's all the songs we knew. That's all the big hits on the radio. We we didn't have any new original material, so right, we singing right. all these Motown songs in right. front of David their Ruffin, face. David Ruffin come in. Oh, wow, you know, yeah. and this is the first time you're no, meeting. No pressure. Them. No, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the first time we meet. Yeah, first time, and this is their first time seeing us, and we doing their stuff. <laughs> so, well, I, I assume that the show went well because you're here right now talking yeah. about it. So. Yes, <laughs> trial by fire. How much yeah. older were guys like Marvin Gaye and Smokey than you at that time? Oh, they had about 15, 10 and fifteen mm-hmm. years on us. Yes. So, so they. Well, were Stevie like, was kind of a peer, right? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think Jackie, you were like fifteen or sixteen at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I heard your sister mention that Stevie actually might be related to you guys. Is yeah, that true? Yes, yeah, true. On yeah, my he's, he's on my mom's side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. When did y'all find this out? A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> like first cousin, second, third. So, so, I, I don't know, you you got to ask my mom, but all of, this is to me, this is funny because we were we were somewhere and Stevie tells some uh, and I was talking with Stevie. This is at my at my father's funeral. And then then on the way he told he said, Amelia, give Marlon my number since we cuss. <laughs> <laughs> since we Does cuss. he call four in the morning as well? <laughs> He's world famous for that. <laughs> It's four AM calls. Yeah, it, it, we, we've we you know I've been we've been blessed. We had some great times. You know, it, it's 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 what you do with that time and and how you treat it. And we we've had some great times. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I got to follow up on this. So, did you and Stevie, did you guys and Stevie Wonder know you were cousins back then, or did this come up recently? No, we did not know. Matter of fact, Stevie did a couple of songs on us during the Motown days. And and uh, and we didn't know that we were cousins. Uh, and those songs that Stevie did on us, they were never released, you know. And well, so Jim- uh, I think Butterfly, no, uh, Buttercup. 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 Not that you have not nothing, nothing song. That's what Quest is talking about. <laughs> well, I know yeah, Jermaine took. You're supposed to keep your love for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. From the original tracks, was there any other besides Buttercup? Yeah, well? there, more than I know, Chris. Uh, Buttercup, you're supposed to keep your love for me. I think there was one or two more other ones. I forgot. Man, we did so many songs. Motown got so many songs that we we, we can. When I hear stuff, we did that. I right. Mean, <laughs> we lived in the studio. That's what I want to get to. You guys, I've I've seen at least the 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 Motown vaults. I've seen them. And seeing the catalogs, and to me, it's staggering. How big is it, Amir? Tell people, please. You know, we want the amount. I mean, you know, it was, it was over two hundred songs. But the thing is, is like they're two hundred completed songs, and half the stuff didn't see the light of day. So, right. like, what is? Can you walk me through how you guys get? Like, do you have like mere seconds to learn it? Do you at least get a work tape the night before to figure out your arrangements? No, like how? No. What's the no, process no, no, of that? No. We walk to the. We go in the studio. They put put the no, song after up. school. After, after school, Jack. Yeah, we go after school uh-huh. to the studio, recording studio, right? And the recording studio was right around the corner, right on Fairfax. And half the kids at the school never knew that we were going to the recording studio, recording. I want you back, ABC. They didn't know that. Not even okay. a block away. We go to go to the recording studio and record these songs. And they put up the track and we learn it and sing it. And 
and all that. We pretty much do a song a day, but we came back to finish it the next day, to really, to really complete it, finish it the next day. It took us about a day and a half to finish the whole song. That's what we because, do. We had a, and the reason being is that we were youngsters and we had a social worker that came with us. So she made sure that they didn't work us over three hours. So they only, we only had three hours to, you to do it. Yes. And, just, and, yeah. but you did all that work in a three hour? Yeah. 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 That's a lot of songs. And Michael would go in there and he, Michael would ad lib and do his own ad libs. And he made all that stuff at the, all this ad libs at the end. Of, that's him. They didn't tell him that he made up all that stuff. Yikes. Wow. That's exhausting. So, yeah. So, and, and that was, every, that was almost every day. Yeah. Even yeah, the, the weekends. Yeah. Even the weekends. Weekends were longer. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day we come back to school on, on, on Monday and, uh, we're on the Ed Sullivan show, and all we come back to school, and all the kids noticed that. Wait a minute, these are the Jacksons. They noticed us being on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh. We go back to school the next day. I'm in the classroom, and all of a sudden, I'm in the classroom, sitting in the classroom, and all these kids from all the other schools would come, come to, come to Fairfax High School from all the other kids come over and just screaming at them the screen like pandemonium. And the kids wondering, what's going on? What do, why are they screaming? Well, they saw me in the classroom and they started screaming like crazy. They didn't know we were the Jacksons. They didn't now, know. Now, you, now, let me tell you something. This is my first time hearing Jackie's story about that. And I have to say, Michael and I, we were going to Emerson Junior High School. Uh-huh. And we were, same thing happened to us. <laughs> To the Damn. point that kids just started going crazy, and they had to pull us out of school because we were disrupting class, it was the whole school, and they put us in private school. So you went to a regular school first. Yes, yes we went to a regular. We, no other reg- contemporaries of yours were in like Fairfax High. None of these things, no, we, or no, no, we went. I went to when I when we got here, nobody knew who the Jackson Five were. So I went to Bancroft Junior High. Michael went to Garnett. I mean, Michael Gard- Gardner, Gardner Gardner Elementary Street. School. Then the Gardner following Street, year, yeah. Michael and I went went over to Emerson Junior High. We only was able to go for two weeks because we were disrupting the classes and the kids were going crazy. Wow! So you didn't get. Uh, so what's the like in private school? Is it more different because all of you are industry kids, or we were going to school with. Uh, with some of the main celebrity kids, they would go to the same school with us. And um, even Joe, well, this is a funny story. John McClain went to, to uh, if you know who John McClain is. Yo, John McClain. To, we do here. <laughs> Wait, this is, this is what you don't get. <laughs> the most elusive Use person that we've been dying to get on the show is oh, John McClain. Fine. Oh, so John, so so John to tell his story. He said his mom brought him to this private school, right? <laughs> and he said, "Mom, I don't go here. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here." And John said, "All of a sudden, he he looked saw Tito walk across. Yeah, he said, is that Tito Jackson?'" <laughs> Wait, hey mom, I'm fine. I'm fine. I want to go here. Bye, <laughs> mom. Bye, bye, bye mom. Because of y'all popularity, did everybody have to go to the special school now? Like the girls too, and I don't know if Randy was here by now, but did everybody just have to the skip the regular school? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Eventually, yeah. they did. Yes, uh, yes, they, they did. Eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, it's it's that's what took place. That's what happened with us. Yeah. It's um, you know. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I know that your parents' concerns over gang culture in Indiana was one thing, but most of us that don't live in Los Angeles, most of us, especially when you're thinking of like for young black people, like gang culture was a part of life. Like how is that avoided? Well, my father made sure. Yeah. I mean, wow. he, he laid down the law. Mm-hmm. That's it. We had to be inside before the streetlights came on. Oh yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> you said, oh yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. All of this, that's yeah. Yeah, that's how yes. I came up too. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Street you better, not, you better not get caught outside with the street lights on. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, was it still okay? What what was the chore situation at the house? Chores. Like, was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm certain that you still had to. Oh yeah, we had to. We we oh, had chores. We 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 had chores. We had to wash the dishes, even. Even after we made it with the Jackson Five and came out, the, we still had chores. 
Well, y'all still lived it, in the house together, right? So yeah, yeah so yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, is uh, it was uh, I think Michael and I week to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. And Jackie and somebody <laughs> else had a week. Yeah, and somebody you know had a week. Yeah. So we there was chores. a system in the house. Yeah. Yeah, we had chores. Is the family resident still uh, Encino? Is that still where uh, your mother yeah. is? Yeah, That's but if we were on Queens Road prior to yeah, that. We, yeah, we were on Queens. In, in, yeah, in when we first got here, we we were on Queens Road. Well, we first stayed at the Tropicana Motel. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. On Santa Monica, is that on Santa Monica, Little Santa Monica, something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I got there the first time, and I got the Cal Los Angeles. I couldn't believe how people were living. I almost cried. I said, man, they've been living like this all, all my life, li- living this good life like this and driving Ferraris and Rolls Royces down the street. I, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, <laughs> people living in the hills and the palm trees and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm in Gary and I'm freezing my butt off and these people living like this. <laughs> I've been so denied. We, we, lived, I lived, we lived in a Tropicana for a while and mm-hmm. then... Uh, before we went to Queens Road, Tito, we lived with Donna Ross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, we, and she she had she had a house with white carpet everywhere and mm-hmm. white walls. And I think some of the furniture was white. And oh, she, she 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 tore yeah. up the house with us. We all tore oh, that paint, house up. Oh. Paint on the walls and paint the walls like artwork. She was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we really we had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they okay. also had a lot of money, but you see a lot of money. Yeah, so, yeah and, but she and, just sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> no, when a person has white walls, you can't touch them. <laughs> I ain't never heard of no black woman's house like that. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I was waiting for the other Mary side of the story. Wilson, Mary Wilson would come over to the house. It was so kind of so. The maid, yes. Mary, Mary would come over. You know, for you know. Shit. how's my babies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we, you know, we were, we were young kids, but we had fun and they made sure that we had fun too. I mean, you know, they used to pick us up and take us to the movies sometime down. Matter of fact, Donna Ross picked Michael and I up mm-hmm. uh, when she first had her first baby. And, and this is when she lived on Maple in Beverly Hills. And oh, we Rhonda. all went upstairs. We were all went upstairs and she wanted us to paint some drapes because she was having a baby, her first kid. So we painted the drapes and drew figures on it for the, for the kid. Uh, and we had a great time. You know, Where are those drapes? Family. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, huh? <laughs> for those drapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, w- I want to know from, from Tito and Jackie, because you two are older. I guess in my mind, because I see the Jacksons as kind of the first family of post-civil rights movement like all the struggle that happened before 1968, like you guys are the first to flourish into post-civil rights activity, but you guys are also teenagers in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're successful at that. So I'm certain that there's also moments where like you're in yeah. situations in which you're the only black person there or yeah. you're driving an elaborate car that mm-hmm. normally isn't, you know, associated with people that look like you. Mm-hmm. Like how right. how hard was it to navigate in Los Angeles as teenagers, where it's not so cute? I mean, it's one thing when it's like Marlon and Michael, who are like eleven, twelve, mm. younger. Was it different for a young black teenager in nineteen seventy two, seventy three, seventy four, like the the first half of the seventies? I had an experience uh, once because uh, uh, 
when I was about, I was in my late teens or early 20s, and I had gotten myself a the Mercedes, the 350 SL, I think it was. And that's when the, I had stopped to get gasoline for my automobile. And this is the time when they put gas in your car. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do it. They do it for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I pull in, the guy say, what do you want? I said, uh, fill it up and can you check the oil? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I pull the lever for the thing and, you know, on the car, you know, there's two levers. There's one outside as well. So I yank it up. I say, whoa, 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 let me, let me. So I uh, go out and show him how to do it. Then he's through, he slams my hood. Then um, pulls, pumps my gas and drip gas all on the side of my, my car. <laughs> and and, and uh, then takes, Man. then I go inside and I, I noticed he's calling in on my credit card. So I told him, I said, can I don't want to pay for this service. So he goes to the people and he goes, wait a minute. He goes to a drawer, pulls out a gun, holds it to my head and says, sign it. Of course, I signed it. I signed it. I immediately, this is before cell phones. I go to a stop at the phone booth, call our security, Bill Bray, mm-hmm. who's a detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rushes out to Chatsworth, where I was, immediately, and go to the police station, explain the story to them. They go over to the station, uh, picks up the guy, and come back, and then they tell us that if we if we arrest this this man, we're gonna have to arrest Mr. Jackson too for not for refusing to pay for service. So the guy walked. Wow. That's that's how that's how it ended. Yep. So of course it was. And this guy, he, I guess he wasn't used to seeing a young black uh, guy of color, whether he's young or not. You know, it was such a nice automobile because back then those Mercedes were very hot items. Mm-hmm. And I was only nineteen driving one. So, well, my my story is 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 a little different. This is uh, we had our TV show. The Jackson Show and the variety and, one, yeah, and okay. you know, and we lived in Encino, and a lot of, t- and we were shooting that show somewhere, and not at the CBS lot, but somewhere else. So I would come through Beverly Hills and over the hill to go home, mm-hmm. and and my my first car was a Porsche, a Porsche, and the police saw me driving, so he pulls me over, mm-hmm. and he walks up to the car and said, uh, "Is this your car?" I said, yes. He said, uh, driver's license, such and such. I gave it to him. He sees Encino on it. Uh, why are you going home this way? And I'm looking like, what do you mean when I'm going home this way? And, yeah, you can go home any kind of way you want to. Yeah. And who says I'm going then, home? I mean, right. And then, and, then he, and, then, and then he says, well, where you get the money to buy a car like this from? And I tell him, you know, I'm an artist. I do records and whatever. And he wrote me up some phony ticket, wrote me up a ticket for it, whatever it said. I gave it to our people to take care of. But I think Jackie, all of us used to get pulled over all the time, uh, asking us, uh, 
I got a real funny story for you. After this, <laughs> and used to uh, used to uh, give us tickets and pull us over just to harass us. But here's my real funny story. This story is so funny that I could, Jackie. You know, don't give it a tell. Right. So, so <laughs> Michael's first car was a Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. right? Oh, wow. Okay. And he was and he was 18. But Michael, Michael, <laughs> Michael didn't know. He he parked anywhere. He didn't know. So one day I'm he driving. Didn't he didn't care. I'm driving down the street. I thought it was so funny. I'm driving down the street. And the police got Michael handcuffed to a bench. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> he was <laughs> because he had a lot of parking tickets. What? <laughs> Did you stop? No, they probably oh, never heard it. that story. See, oh. journalists are asking the wrong questions. Wait, but Martin, wow, did you stop when you saw him get? Yeah, yeah, I did. But okay, uh, okay. Oh. Well, you can you can say you can say too much, and and they let right, they, right, they right. let him go after us. I mean, you know, it's back in those days. You could you could say right. too much. You pull but, up the street and you just look from behind in the mirror right. and make sure he all right. Right, right, right. right, yeah. right. See, uh, Marlon, Marlon, wow. tell, tell him the story when we went down to Alabama uh, for my mother's, uh, uh, and, and they took Michael. He went into this. Michael went into this. Um, oh, this oh, shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, antique shop down south. Tell him what happened. Yeah, down, yeah, no. yeah. Mike, because Mike, Mike, like antique. So mm-hmm. the security was with him. So Bill said, "I'm gonna go to the restaurant right quick." And the owner of the store, I don't know if he called the police or whatever. He thought Mike was trying to steal stuff out of the store. He didn't know who he was, and I think he and he got a gun. And then Bill's and and they took Michael somewhere. And Bill went around looking for Michael. And uh, looking for Michael Jackie, I didn't forgot some of this stuff. Yeah, my, my, he took Michael to the back room somewhere and tied him down. Michael's in the back room somewhere, like in the wait, back wait, sh- what year was this? In the back <laughs> shed. This is like this is like in the seventies, late seventies. Yeah, was the South. yeah, it is the yeah. South. So. We looking all over with Michael, and they had him tied down in the back shed. It's almost like the clam was going to take him away or somewhere. You know, they were saving for that or what? something. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This now, I'll be real. The, minute the story started with Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama. Alabama. This can't end So we looking for Mike all over the place. And this guy had him tied down in the back room. And, mm-hmm. and, and this was like an antique store full of books and all kind of antique. Because Michael liked the old stuff he liked buying stuff like that and right and they they took him they thought he was trying to steal something and he took him in the back room when we went in the store we couldn't find him he was in some other kind of shit behind behind that store he was in another kind of Jesus building Christ. But, yeah, you know, Michael team? Jackson. yeah. <laughs> was it hard to get him released yeah, yeah we got him released and they realized who he was but we oh, didn't, okay. we didn't we let it go we didn't put it in the press we let it you know what I'm saying we let yeah and if it wasn't him, Until though, now. Yeah. It was like a regular right. Old, right. right. You know if what it I'm was saying? any other Jackson, right. Yeah. It was Michael yeah. Johnson or something. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> speaking yeah. speaking of Bill Bray, so I came across this 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 like raw footage of a concert. I, I mean, I, I guess it was the Destiny era, but um, I was just looking at this footage and I'm noticing that the way that security is handled is not like it is now. Like, there was no separation gate or something to hold fans back. Like basically fans were one inch away from, you know, climbing on stage. And yeah. there's a point where 
I guess Bill Bray is giving you guys like a pep talk backstage on, you know what my signals are. Right. How often did you guys have to prematurely cut a show? Um, beginning, all every show. the time. Oh, man. God. All the time. So getting through a show was actually a hard thing to do? Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. Was, was it a song that popped them off? Or was it just like the moment you stepped on stage? The it moment we stepped on stage. The yeah. moment they set the moment they set eyes on me. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. Tell me that. <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. Yeah. I'm a, it was no, pandemonium, Huntito. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and believe it, believe it or not, there was a few times where we had bomb threats. You know, and and one time they did find a bomb under the stage. They brought in the police dogs and and all that stuff. So it, it you know, it, Damn, it's, it's been different. So it's it, it's 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 been different. We've been through a bunch of. Stuff. We used to go to shows in armor trucks because even on the victory tour we had death threats. We sure did. Really? Wow. Yeah. Y'all brave for a bunch of fucking musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the decision to not I mean, you know, we live in a time now where you know, especially in social media, just everything's transparent and there's you know, nothing that's not revealed. What was the decision in not ever releasing these stories that things have happened for fear that copycats might try to follow or it just never dawned on us. We, you know, it was part of our life, and I don't know. As we talk, it, the popping up happened. in my head. It just, you know, we never tried to. Keep, we weren't crazy about, you know, putting stuff in the press and and, and those type of more. things. You know, we just move on with our life and, and keep going. I remember one time, long time ago, uh, in, in Chatsworth again, Chatsworth, California. My kids were at a park, and my mm -hmm. son. Drooled in the grass, and a whole bunch of people stood up, and they were the KKK, and uh, and uh, some other friend came, and and my wife and Jackie's wife, and all jumped in the car car and took off. They came with bats and chains, and uh, and somebody called the police, and said there was a a bunch of black ladies with afro wigs i mean huge afros and and driving in the mercedes down the streets flying none of them had a, not none of them had an afro but they just saw the color of your skin and they just said afro mm -hmm. and um and um it was crazy it, it was they were they were coming after them to, to kill them they they were having a picnic and they jumped in the car got all this stuff and just took off and these are guys right with chains and bats coming after females were you guys able to like share these situations and lean on some of your peers? Because I'm sure y'all weren't the only ones going through stuff yeah. like this at the time. Like, who do y'all talk to about how to navigate all this stuff at that time in y'all lives? Not to mention you got parents from the South, but still. Like, yeah. Sometimes we uh, take care of it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need to you be said. You know what, T? You need to she stop playing. Like, next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're from Indiana. Sometimes we take care of it ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. It was the way the you said it. Hat you, know the you, you know what you do. <laughs> it's the bowler, the hat, and that's what sets it off. I know. That's, the, what, that's, that's it. what makes it official. So then, wait, no. I think Tito asked, answered this question when he came before. Who, who is the first Jackson to pop off? The, Tito, you said Jermaine is the first Jackson pop. to pop? Uh, to 
Want like to, to fight? To fight. Duck if you buck. Yes. Oh, I would buck Jermaine. Would run home to Mama. And That's tell right, Mama. Jermaine. He start. He start to fight. He start to fight. Then leave me fighting and run home and tell Mama I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, Marlon. Yeah. I have a question. So one one of my favorite J five albums was Get It Together. And in particular, I mean, I I realize it now when when I was older that that was actually used. No, 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 uh, uh, Mama, uh, the cover of uh, Mama got brand new thing. Don't say no. Ah, I'm realizing that's you singing on it. How were you guys? Uh, what would you What would you say, Fonte? I'm having lost words. You would call it the. Uh, How would you say who the, the operation what? of of uh, the division uh, of division labor. of labor division of yeah. labor. Yeah, what what is the division of labor as far as who gets what part or? No, well, well that song was was produced by Howard Davis, right? So he would tell us who's going to sing this, who's going to sing that, who's going to sing this. Even in the corporation, you're going to sing this part, you're going to sing this part, and mm. and that's how and and that's what we did when they, you know, and and that's what and that's what we did, and. Um, did you sing on any other Jackson songs that didn't make it or like? I think Body Language is another one that I sung on too. Uh, oh, no, no, no. He said that didn't make it. He said some oh, of the stuff. Quest has been so long ago. I got CRS. You know, can't remember shit. Can't remember shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't remember yeah. Shit. I couldn't remember <laughs> what that stood for. I got that CRS disease. Yeah. yeah, I sure do. You know, after 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 you get past fifty, you know, stuff come and go. Can I ask I Marlon? See. Can I ask you a dancing question that I that you may remember? Sure. I don't mean wanna... that. Wait, wait, wait. That don't mean I'm gonna answer it. Okay, that's fine. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm gonna get something. Somebody gonna say something. How's it feel to be the gif of the moment right now? <laughs> right, for real, for real. Mark Marlon's the gif of the moment right now. Yeah, yeah you the meme. Yeah, that. Yeah. That too, but I was gonna ask you like your dancing story. Like you, you talked about you and Michael being fans of Jackie Wilson and being a fan of dance. But I'm just curious, like as you evolved, as dance evolved, like who were some of the folks that you started looking to? Like we, we believe it or not, we used to um, watch James Brown, like you said, Jackie Wilson. Mm-hmm. We used to watch Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, mm-hmm. and you know, Ginger yeah. Rogers. No, no, look, no, uh, no. Uh, we went tip. We went walking on our toes now. Yeah, what tip? Marlon Michael go knock on Fred's door's door. No, no. Let me tell that story, Jackie. Jackie. Okay. So, so one day, I, you know, Michael said, "Marlon, come, come pick me up. I don't feel like driving to the studio." I said, "Okay, I'm gonna come get you." And we drove Michael's car, his Rolls Royce. So he and I in the car. Michael said, "Well, Marlon, I want you to go this way." I said, "Which way?" I said, "Why are we going this way?" He said, just go this way. And then we go into Beverly <laughs> Hills. He said, turn down this street. I said, well, we're not going to the studio, Mike. He said, Dad, it's to drive down the Mike, I'm not driving down somebody's driveway. Marlon, just drive down the driveway. He get out the car and knock on the door. It was Fred Astaire's house. Wow. <laughs> wow. Security. He get out, out the car, knock on the door. Fred Astaire wasn't home. I don't know where he was. And I said, well, Marlon, that's, that's where Fred Astaire lived. That's his house. And somebody answered the door and told him that Fred Astaire wasn't home at the time. And then we went on to the studio. But 
They did the same thing to Sammy Davis' house too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all just yeah. walking no, 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 to people. One time, one time we were in, and uh, I'm trying to figure out why we were there though. We were so we Richard Pryor lived in North, in Northridge, so we Michael and I. I don't think I ever told you all this, Jackie. So Michael and I, we stopped. We went to Richard Pryor's house, right? We knock on the door. He come in. He's talking to us, and what was so funny to me the time we're leaving. And and Richie goes to us. He said, "Yeah, that that's the Mercedes I shot the tires out of when she tried to leave." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. When well, she yeah. tried to leave, right, Mom? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess I was, I was also asking, like, after Fred Astaire, like, as the time went on from the seventies, the eighties, were there other folks too that you were like? Because I know Michael implemented new styles of dance and form into his thing, but Marlon, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know you do your thing. I see you. You still do your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so, thank you. Appreciate yeah. trying to do something. I Wait, don't know. can I add to that question? Yeah. What did you guys oh. work with Charlie Atkins at all? No, no, no. never did. Never so who who is the choreographer for the Jackson Five? Jackie. In the yeah. very beginning, we wow. got assistance from Suzanne DePass. Hmm. Uh, she helped uh, uh, choreograph some of the uh, I Want You Back stuff, mm-hmm. Dan Sullivan stuff. But after that, it's basically, even before that, it was always been the group doing their own thing. Yeah, Jackie, Michael, and I, we fool around. Jackie, Michael, and I, we, until we realize we're running out of time, then we say we better get serious with this. Stuff. That's what, that's what we did on Motown Twenty Five. Mm-hmm. We spend almost two or three hours in the room talking. We look at, hey, the show tomorrow, but we don't have any choreography for Wait, what? what? To do. <laughs> wow, <laughs> y'all did that the night before. Y'all did that. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So my question, what was y'all thoughts? This movie means the world to us, but to y'all, I want to know. The VH1 of American, uh, Jackson's American, American Dream. American Dream? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake, what are y'all's thoughts on you, that music? You got to ask Jackie and Tina because I've never seen it. You, you lie. Yeah. Seriously? No, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Okay. Marlon, me too. <laughs> All right. All right, well, Tina. Uh, well, uh, wait, seriously? I saw parts seriously. of it. The end of, I've but, never seen it. But can I tell you something? My father wasn't like that. He they made him like he was so. I mean, he wasn't like that. They would they they made I, him I, look I, like a real bad guy in the movie. He was not like that. I had to strip. Yeah, it's for the yeah. movie. I mean, my father disciplined us because he had six boys, you yeah. know, and around gangs like that. He wasn't like that. No, but yeah. matter of fact, that's was, how we learned how to dance. Yeah. Dodging that yeah. belt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was gonna ask y'all that too, just particularly about your dad, because you know he's he's passed. And um, I was yeah. watching the other day they showed the um, they have a new Tiger Woods documentary that's on uh, mm-hmm. this, this out yeah. now. And yes. you know, there's the the kind of the telling. You know, you think of just the strict father that's just kind of driving mm-hmm. the kids, and your dad has always kind of been just the the symbol of just the hard, you know, disciplinary mm-hmm. father. And so I was just curious to know, for in your guys' own words, you know, what was that? relationship like i mean you know he's been kind of demonized in a lot of ways but um since his passing and just over the years if y'all have has if y'all as y'all have grown as men and become fathers yourselves um how is that how how do y'all look at y'all relationship with your dad now when you realize you know you go back and realize you know what he was doing was right i mean we came from a bad neighborhood in gary indiana and he i mean he kept us out of out of, out of that situation by keeping us busy, keeping us rehearsing. 
he saw we had talent and he, and he said, if you want to be something, you've got to work at it. And that's what he did. And back in those days, you know, you know, her parents raised kids was different. You know, even even your neighbors, your parents, I mean, your neighbors would get you. You know, that's how it was back in those days. It was, a, you can't do that stuff today. It's a whole yeah. different today. It's different. Mm. But that's just the right. way it was back then, you know? Yeah, and, do that to, today. Today, Today, those little jokers break their knuckles dialing 911. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that must be something as parents and grandparents now seeing the way the kids are like disciplined. Yeah. Yeah, no, wow. I used to, I called it. I, yeah, I, it was it was a different time. I, when I look at you know just when I think about you know your your dad your dad's legacy and just what he was able to help mm-hmm. y'all build, you know, it's just you know whenever I see people being real harsh about you know men of that time, I'm just mm-hmm. like, listen, dude, like white folk just ran up into capital. Yeah. What was they doing in 1959? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. what were, you know what I'm saying? What think about what those guys were up against back then trying to raise, you know, you know, mm-hmm. all these kids Nine and children. keep them out of trouble. God. Nine mm-hmm. children and working in a steel mill. Like, mm-hmm. come the fuck on, dude. Like, yeah. you know, you got to put that in context, you know? So I was mm-hmm. always curious to hear y'all thoughts on it. Man, I went to the steel mill one time and saw where my father worked. Man, they lift up that steel door and all that heat and fire came out. And I said, oh my God, how how does he work in a place like this all the time? I, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Jackie took us home and wanted to rehearse even more. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being in the like, field. Never, yeah. never will I. Yeah. I, I danced to Dawn. <laughs> Jackie, were you um, at one point seriously trying to consider uh, a career in baseball at all? Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 Jackie. Bag that up. Not consider. Oh. The White Sox was looking at him. Oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wow. Yes. Oh. Well, talk about I didn't know that. Talk about it, Jackie. Come on. Yeah. Talk some shit. Well, matter of fact, we all play baseball. We all great, great, great baseball players, all of us. And um, I was a shortstop and a pitcher. And um, and they was after me and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, 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 think I, I thought I made the right move by sticking with my brothers because the singing career lasts forever. You can sing forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you can uh, sing with bad knees. You can't play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, you know, I did the right thing. We did the right thing to stay with the group and stay with the boys. Yeah, because I I would see um, you know, often in like Ride On magazine or whatever, uh, the periodicals were at the time of like, you guys actually had your own softball team. Like how how was that arranged? Like like celebrity softball games versus each other would just be a thing of you calling them up or was it like some official thing we where had, you guys would hey, play? We had, we had some of the coldest baseball teams. We had, uh, we had Willie Gard on our team. We had, uh, oh, y'all were cheating. Da- we, we had Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Davis on our, on our from team. USC and from football. We, we had the coldest and all those guys played baseball too. You know, we uh, don't, they played college baseball. We, so, had, we were so. the championship every year. So Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal decided they they gonna get their team. Him and Rob Reiner and all of them. <laughs> oh wow. no 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 no! Yes, yeah. I need the yeah. story. Uh, <laughs> yes, so they no. they cut they they gonna come and play us. Yeah, mm. uh-huh. so, y'all you know, smoke them boys, did you? You know Sam Watson. You know Sam. Anyone know Sam Watson? He's always in the ring all the time with the fighters and. You know, uh, the gray hair. With the, the hair? Yeah, oh, okay. the, 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 the words that you're not supposed to say, but only he's supposed to say it? He says Sam Watson. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, with the fighters, and, yeah.
And Sam was, was on, on our baseball baseball. Sam is a great baseball player. I mean, he can play. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Sam can play. Wow. So this is <laughs> yeah. Because I would notice all your appearances on Soul Train, Marlon would talk the most junk about you guys' sports prowess and in mm-hmm. basketball and softball. Baseball. I didn't know if that was like an actual thing. Like there was a no, it was serious. And then there's a there's a picture somewhere I I saw Jackie playing basketball. Jackie used to play Marvin Gaye all the time at, mm-hmm. at Marvin Gaye's house. Didn't you, Jackie? Yeah, go one on one. He would call me over and we play one on one. He said, "Jack I ain't paying no damn taxes, ain't." And he wrote a song about it. I can't pay my taxes. Make me want to holler, right? Right, right. We used to play all the time, one on one, all the time at his house. He called me. Was old. he any good? Was was yeah, he Mar- Mar- yeah. But he would push you around. Marvin played really rough, though. He, he was, yeah. He's dirty. Okay, he, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're in, when when you get to LA, like who? And and older, who were your uh, peers, or like who would you hang with? Was it just in house, or well, mainly, now, did you mainly guys have like a relationship with the Silvers or anybody no, that was remotely your you age or anything? We just hung together. We stayed in the recordings to be all, all we the sure time. Did. That's all, all we did: this, record, yeah. record, record, even on record. Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. We recorded all the time, all and the it, time. And and then when we go out and do concerts. We had a curfew, so we had to be in bed at a mm-hmm. certain time. And moms would come and tell our security, I know my daughter's up in one of them Jacksons. I said, I can guarantee you they ain't with one of them Jacksons. I can guarantee <laughs> they might be with one of them band members, but they ain't with one of them Jacksons. Because mm-hmm. I just did bed check, and they all yeah, did. <laughs> our, very first, our very first big concert, mm-hmm. you know where it was, Marlon? The, the very first big concert. You know where it was? Forum? At the forum with, with no, uh, I'm not talking about that one. The very first big one. Guess where it was? Well, tell oh, me, Jackie son. Philadelphia. Philadelphia Spectrum. Wow. Yeah, Philadelphia. He said that's where it was. Remember? Man. The first big t- starting out, that's where Philadelphia. That's where it was. There okay, so there's there's a folklore tale. Um one of the most famous graffiti writers in Philadelphia, his name is Cornbread. The legend of cornbread is like the places that he would tag mm-hmm. his his name, and the reason why that Philadelphia show, the reason why I know about it, even though I wasn't old enough to know about it, is that um, somehow cornbread had managed to tag the Jackson Five airplane with his name, which basically oh, set his cool. legend Ooh. into like the graffiti world. Like he <laughs> tagged the Jackson Five airplane. From their wow. Philadelphia Spectrum show. I don't show. even know that. Yeah, know yeah, no. I mean, he's still living off that folklore right now. He's like 63 <laughs> years old. <laughs> he finally signed a jacket for me after decades of begging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask about the the move to Epic. You know, between... There was sort of that period in which... Past the, the beginning stage of Motown, where you guys are putting the Vegas act together, about to... Um, do the variety show and of course you moved to to philly international epic what what was basically i mean were you guys trying to develop your music even before then like were you guys writing actively writing and producing by that point or yeah we we learned so much 
you know, by being with all the Motown writers and, 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 and producers, it's like going to school there anyway, because you learn so much. They teach you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all the wonderful hits that we had with Motown, who really put us on the map, Barry Gordy and the whole crew and the crew of writers, it was just amazing what they've done for us. And, and at that time, our contract was running out. We felt that we it was time for us to start writing some some of our music because at that time we felt the music was kind of young and the ABC and a little bit and kind of kind of bubblegum, but it was a type of music that was geared to everybody to love. But we just decided it's time for us to start writing some music, you know. So we decided to um, no longer sign with Motown to go to another label where we can show them uh, our ability to write songs and also produce records. So they put us with Camel and Huff, you know, and right. uh, we were so excited to be with those guys because those guys were known for writing hits on groups like uh, Teddy Pendergrass and the OJs. You just, the list yeah. goes on and on. Uh, Cowboys, the girls. Uh, That's my favorite game. Cowboys, the girl. What's the name of that group? Um, <laughs> intruders. The intruders. Intruders. Yeah. Intruders. They yeah. Just, and we figured that we if we get with the Jackson kid with Gamble and Huff, it's over with. It's gonna be big time. You know what I'm saying? So we. Right. What are y'all guys. thoughts on those albums now? Like now over time? Oh, it's incredible! Incredible, man. It's Gamble and Huff. We got there. We spent time just talking and talking and. We did a whole album in two weeks. In two weeks. Man. Wow. Well, I I will say my favorite material is still, I mean, the Gamma Love stuff, I mean, it's enjoy yourself and show you the way. I mean, those are classes. But for me personally, man, I just love when y'all wrote y'all own stuff. Like that was that's that's yeah. that shit was jamming. Yeah. <laughs> I just like y'all y'all doing y'all own material, man. That shit was yeah. just it was great. So we wrote, yeah. you know, first we wrote two we wrote two songs on the um, on the album, then we uh, and Gamble Hub wrote the rest and two songs, and all of a sudden they gave us a whole album to start writing because, you know, I guess, right. I guess Destiny it was that, that yeah. album. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I was going to say um, my elementary school was right next door to Philly International. So oftentimes, like first, second grade, I'd see you guys running to your car on Broad Street. Really? Um, yeah. My, my, uh, I went to a performing arts school, which was, if, if Philly International, I think it was 310 Broad Street, my mm-hmm. school was 313. So oftentimes you'd see like P- Teddy Pendergrass, you'd see everyone outside. But, you know, of course, I knew when the Jacksons were in proximity because every girl in that school would just run outside. And it's like, oh, the Jacksons must be next door <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I asked that question about the 70s because um, it just hit me. C- can you tell me who the group MDLT was? Because oh, I collect really a lot sisters. of records and probably one of the highest priced 45s that someone tried to get me for was a Jackson 5 produced song called What's Your Game by MDLT. What's your game? It was it, like they were MDLT was like a um, I think the legends that they were on Ivory. Ivory Tower. Yeah, Ivory Tower. They were like four girls. Yeah, yeah that was my good. father's group. Okay, so they just sort of like the Dinah Ross thing. They just used mm-hmm. the, right. and of course, a sucker like me comes along. It's like, yeah, I'll pay a thousand for that. Okay, I get it now. So <laughs> you, <laughs> that was just on his label, but you guys didn't specifically produce that single or anything, mm-hmm. correct? I don't oh. remember producing. We doing anything? On yes, you show. did. You don't we remember? Did. Yes, we did. You don't remember? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. He's, he's right. We did that. 
Okay. Man. Uh, I, I at least don't feel ripped off or paying for that. We did. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Jackie, I, I, men- I mentioned this in in, in your um, in your brother's uh, documentary for Off the Wall that um, one of my favorite moments in discovering that um, that demo on Shake Your Body Down to the Ground was you yelling, I can't wait for the BGs to hear this shit. Which, <laughs> yes. Yes. There's, yes. Yes. You said that? Mario. Oh, my God. Mar- yeah, it's my favorite thing ever. Mar- it's right at, it's Mar- right at the end of the demo, and it stops. Mar- Mar- and he's like, I can't house. wait for the BGs to hear this shit. Marlon, we was at your house. And then mm-hmm. that song, song we were doing, like a half a song, we was messing around, just, just messing around with a groove, and we was making up something. Remember that? And I said yeah. something like, I can wait the BGs here. He's right. I said that. And they, and they caught that <laughs> stuff. And that stuff went viral, didn't it? A lot of, a lot of people it heard did. that. It went viral. Yeah. yeah wow. Like, what, what were your... I don't remember that. I mean, at that, at that point... I know that you had to, you know, something to prove, and this is like the moment that you guys are going to step to the plate and produce your own material. But mm-hmm. were you guys seriously eyeing, like, okay, they sold twelve million units, that's us, like, that's what we want, like, what? Oh yeah. In your mind, was oh, yeah. the, were they the standards of who to beat? Like, why not Earth, Wind, and Fire, or P Funk, yeah. or? Oh, I don't know what made me. I, I don't know what made me say that about the BG. It just came out. Right, you probably want to be. The BGs here. This shit. It just happened. I just named the BG. That could have been. Oh, right. okay. I could have been. In it. it just. Yeah. You know, it just happened. So it, what it just, happened? We it, was we was just seeing something like a little group just making something as, as, as we go along. And I said, "Wait till the BGs hear this shit or something like that." I remember right. something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, ironically, we all get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. Together. Oh, together. Yeah. Oh, with oh, the BGs. Man. Okay. Oh, oh that came out. <laughs> BGs, yeah. All of us, yeah. Um, I also, I also asked your brother Randy this question. So, in terms of presentation and mm-hmm. theatrics, like you guys definitely raised the game higher. I mean, by that point in '77, you know, Earth, Wind, Fire was bringing theatrics to the game, and mm-hmm. and P Funk definitely was bringing theatrics yeah, to the, the game. But yeah, man, it was tough then. I always. <laughs> I always wanted to know though why was randy the designated agitator like usually any explosions were because of randy either throwing you guys in a pit or throwing some flash paper and exploiting like why was he the one like (laughs) (laughs) it's like you guys are brothers in the first 23 minutes and then randy does this terrorist act like okay then i'm gonna (laughs) 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 you (laughs) <laughs> this fire and it's going to explode and we'll have on new outfits like well, of course you're right I've never looked at it like that but you're right though <laughs> why was he the designated bad guy <laughs> that had to do because he all wasn't those in things the, because he wasn't in the Jackson fire that's why <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> how would you guys conceptualize those shows though that joke used to cry when we used to go on the road and drive down the dry, our driveway Going out the gate, headed for the airport, he mm-hmm. would cry like a baby, standing in the driver because he thought he was coming with us. You know, so we thought oh, he was. man, thought he, he pushed the button. He pushed the button for the gate for the car to leave. Yeah. <laughs> did y'all y'all didn't Crying. initiate him when he came when he finally became a part? Did you like? Yeah. Did you? Well, he was always there yeah, though. Like, no, but, but he. he hey. you know, 
ahead, he was Bob. around. He he was hanging around before mm-hmm. he became, you know, full member. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he became a full member, I remember doing his concert one time. Oh, this is so funny. Doing his concert, <laughs> packed to the Raptors, all the way around, number of people. So Randy's on the stage. He's getting his shot to be on the stage doing something. He was playing his ass off because he can play some cools and bongos and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, it was time for Randy to do a solo, right? All of a sudden, he get the spotlight, get on it for him to play and do a solo, right? All right. And uh, the music breaks. You take the break. And Randy froze up. Randy looked up and saw all these people. He started looking around, around like this, around, seeing all the people. He forgot his solo. He didn't play. He said, Randy, play, 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 Randy, play. <laughs> <laughs> on, keep looking around, all these 40,000 people in there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he didn't play, man. Then he came on later. Yeah, he came in later. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story on, on the 30th anniversary we was doing uh, you know, shake your body. When we went to one corner of the stage, we ran to the other corner of the stage. So, right. we we ran to the and y'all didn't even know this was happening on stage. Mm-hmm. We ran to the corner of the stage and we do our break and we freeze and we just waiting there, waiting there, waiting there. And Michael goes, "What's next? What's next?" I said, "Michael, you supposed to count it off." What? <laughs> <laughs> this is going on. This is going on stage, and y'all didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, at the- oh, man. oh, he didn't know the next cue. No, the next cue was him. He's supposed to go ch 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 to start the band again. Oh, and he and he's telling us, "What's next? What's next? What's next?" <laughs> <laughs> what's next? Yeah. That's good editing for television. Yeah, what's next? What's next? I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. for for those for those shows though, how much preparation goes into that, and like who decides what musicians come aboard? Who decides? Like Doug Henning is now. I'm assuming that's Doug Henning that helped. Doug stage Henning was or- the first. No, no, only thing Doug Henning did was the was the magic. That's all mm-hmm. he did. Right. Well, well, it, even concerts- introducing magic to a show, like who who. Like what? What's the pre-meeting, the pre-meeting uh, situation well, well, like before that even? Before Jackie, you uh, you might not know. Before you all came, Michael and I went and we met with Doug Henning to look at <laughs> all whatever magic he had, and we picked <laughs> the one. Uh, we picked the one that um, mm-hmm. goes that up and the explosion yeah. there that that would work for the show, and then you all came. The second time we used Mac, it wasn't Doug Kenny. Jackie, who was it? I forgot who the other um, person. He's on the, um, come on. We'll know Copperfield? No. David Copperfield. He's right. Oh. David Copperfield. Oh, right. shit. Y'all, what yeah. the wow. thing? He said he's big, okay. so, yeah. Okay. David right. He's right. David Copperfield, he's right. He's the one. But the, what was the decision to add those elements to the show that j- just came out of nowhere? Because, you know, at that particular time, a lot of acts were doing something similar to that. You know, they had something special like a, a so, so like an illusion, like an illusion or something like that. Right, some type of illusion. Right. Yeah. Right. And we decided we had this to the show. It's going to be something incredible, you know, you know, what I show because uh, we, we, we've we always had a high energy type show, you know, okay. people, yeah. people dancing and, and a lot of a lot of energy and, and pretty much a nice size production. So we decided if we add this to the show, it would just go over the top, you know. Right. And that's how we and that's how we were thinking. 
I was going to say I'll, I'll let my I'll let the listeners know that um, especially watching all this as like a nine ten year older, <laughs> um, no one has utilized slow motion effects, yeah, better than the Jacksons. Like mm-hmm. practically every variety show they were ever mm-hmm. on. There's a moment. I mean, I thought you guys could fly because there's always some point in that performance where you guys are either running or airlifting mm-hmm. like seven feet up in the air. And I was like, yo, the Jacksons can really fly like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize till later that, you know, yeah, that's called post editing. But yeah. Yeah, I just thought you guys had magic flying ability. Mm-hmm. I want to know um, how you guys, uh, you know, we were talking about, we we're talking about, you know, the CBS years, uh, how when you guys left Motown and, you know, how did y'all kind of repair that relationship with Barry Gordy later on? Like, how did he, you know, take y'all leaving and, you know, where's y'all's relationship at with him now? We're cool with with Barry Gordy. We've always been been cool. cool. You know, business is business, just a business decision. And we were young. It was a decision that my, my father actually, you know, you know, made and, uh, and so we moved forward on it. Uh, but um, I think one of the, uh, I remember someone telling me, uh, Jackie, you might have, that Barry Gordy said that the worst thing he ever did is let the Jackson 5 get away from Motown. Man. Yeah. And there was no, like, space or room for any discussion of, okay, how many songs do you want to produce? Or, or was it I just like, I'll call your bluff and see if you guys will like did he really think you guys wouldn't leave or anything i don't know the details but i think basically he felt that it wasn't broke why try to fix something that's working you know so uh uh, basically i don't think he had the, the we had never wrote or produced anything publicly so i think he just felt why change things too much of a gamble yeah All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic 
so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and T. I have questions about the Triumph album because mm-hmm. that's where yes, individually yes. you guys really came into your own as far as songwriting and producing is concerned. Side note, Jackie, you, you've actually written my favorite Jackson song of all time. Like, Your Ways is like my all-time favorite song in really? life. <laughs> your Ways? Nah. Oh, oh, God, yeah. No, no, no doubt. I mean, no offense to you other Jacksons, but, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you know where you go off on your ways that's the way i go up for give it up i love i know marlon like that's you you singing lead with michael on that one man i right i love i love that song man and um i thought y'all really was y'all was that intentional y'all trying to go for kind of the yacht rock kind of i guess that you know that kind of sound no it just said it, it that's what the song called for so that's what you give it I love right. that record, man. There's magic that happens in the studio when you're working. All of a sudden, somebody hits you, or someone the song needs this. Bam! So you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um, you know, it's just work. It's just you know, you can't go in and say, "I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that." It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a feel. It's a you know, that's why I try to tell some of the, the kids today and with all these electronics that they use, and I tell people, how are they supposed to get the sound the way that instrument mm-hmm. really sounds if you never heard that instrument? Right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and these, 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 these three albums that were just released uh, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. um, they have great songs on the songs that never get that attention. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like your ways, now they're sticking those out. They did some remixes. They sound great. It really, I mean, it's Blues, amazing. Blues Away is one of my favorite. Yeah, they sound great. Mm-hmm. Man. It's, it's, yeah. and, and that's what you get for being polite and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's on there too. Yeah, all that stuff on there. It sounds great. Different how, mixes on it. How do you guys write the songs together? Well, we started. We started writing. We started writing the Destiny album when Michael was doing the Wiz. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we, I wanted to know. How is it like? How what was the process of doing Destiny while he was doing the Wiz? Did it come out before or after? We well, know, Destiny was, was after the Wiz, correct? Right. Yes. Right. We would get in the studio and just start writing songs. We you know meet up at noon and and we're going to spend you know four or five out five hours in the studio and we're going to come up with some stuff and write some songs. And sometimes what we do, uh, Tito had this um, big um, camper, you know, with the three Stooges on it. We would take it out to the beach and, um, and and sit by the ocean and write lyrics. And we'd do things like that and go out in different play areas and go in a camper and just write lyrics and come back. You know, spend about five or six hours out. You know, the Pacific Ocean you know, at the beach mm-hmm. and, and park the camper sideways and just look at the waves. And we have food in there, sandwiches, and we write lyrics and 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 and, and write songs. Yeah. And they go back in the studio and record. Yeah. Because we all had our own recording studios too at home. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Man, I must know for all the people of my generation. So this song came out, I guess I was four. The video for Can You Feel It? Hey. Yeah. Dude, that was the scariest, most awesome Wait. shit I'd ever seen. <laughs> can, I, can I piggyback on top of that? Bro, I was Can so I piggyback scared. on top of that? <laughs> See, you were four with Can You Feel It? But try explaining to a seven-year-old 
this reflection shit for blaming on the boogie, <laughs> which absolutely scared the shit out of me as a kid. Because Soul Train would come on at one in the morning. So watching you guys with this reflective shit and like hearing my dad's musician say like, oh, that's what the, an acid trip is like, Amir. Like, I, again, I know you guys are one step ahead of technology with everything that y'all have done. But what was, I mean, yeah, blame it on the boogie and... I gotta look at yeah, that. Can you feel it? No, I can't even feel it. Can you feel it? I was like, you feel like they were big, right? And they could, yeah, I was, was like, like, it was these big niggas just sprinkling stardust <laughs> on their body. I was like, <laughs> 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 like, I couldn't turn away from it. <laughs> 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 See, I, I think by that point, you guys are in your mid 20s. Almost yeah. thirty, so it's different. But sprinkling, sprinkling this, yeah. this, this when you're dust, this when you're watching, yeah. when you're watching under the age of ten, it's a whole nother. It's a yeah. different thing. Yeah, blaming on the boogie yeah, used to I actually ain't. scare me, like just to watch because really? I I couldn't understand this whole reflection thing and yeah, free it that scared me. Then came video. Michael with Thriller. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thriller. That, no, yeah, we that, were prepared for Thriller like, after scaring us for two years <laughs> with that shit. <laughs> with the, you know, big ass had... marbles chasing Michael and don't stop to get enough. Like we yeah. we were used to it at the time. Yeah. But yeah, even when making okay, so in doing the blame it on the boogie video, was that just like fifteen minutes out of your life? Like, oh, what do we do? We go over there, we dance. Okay, that's it. Like and those are just effects we put on there afterwards, you know. You know, how long did that whole process take? In like just to record, you just did like a couple takes of it, and then that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. All the all the work is really done in the editing room on on a lot of those videos. Ah, Uh, so crazy. Getting but watch it, and and it's done. It's done on a green. A lot of stuff is done on a Mm -hmm. green screen or a chroma key, whatever you want to call it. Back then, right. Yes, and uh, I mean today they have it a lot easier. You can do stuff on your computer, and everything is at your fingertips. But it wasn't that way back in the day, not yeah. at all. Who who chose the 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 musician personnel for those records? Because you guys had like the monsters. You had like Greg Fillinganes, Nathan Watts, and Greg Fillinganes. Yeah, explain well, working guys, with Greg Fillinganes. Those guys basically hung out with us. They were like friends of ours. We hung out yeah, together a lot. That's all. Yeah. We hung out a lot together, mm-hmm. all of us. Greg's Ollie been on Brown, the show. Uh, David Brown, Williams. Ray Parker. Uh, we all Ray Parker's out been to- on the show. Yep. Oh, yeah. we, all, we, we all hang out. We all hung out together. Yeah, Ray Parker uh, uh, played on a lot of Jackson's material. Yeah. You know, uh, David Williams. Yeah, he's, David is, I, I feel like an extension of, I mean, he's Billy Preston as far as I'm concerned to you guys yeah. as Beatles. Like, his guitar sound is like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. People, even our band members, man, David got some bad guitar licks. You know, how how did he get those? I said, we we told David what we wanted him to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we we come up with a guitar lick in our head, and we tell him how to play it and how we want it to sound, and and then we go back, and what made that David's guitar playing? He already had bite. Right. But to make but to make it even stronger than what it was, we would double. He was incredible. Yeah, he was. He was, he was uh, a master of locking yeah. it down, locking it. He would Ooh. lock it. Like yeah. I mean, but he, he just didn't like, play like he would bite it when he played. Like he's yeah, he, he, he's like he's pulling yeah. the strings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's no, it sounds like that. Yeah. Like, it sounds then, like that. We, okay, David, we gotta do another take. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get a piece of my chicken. And he yeah. like, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> yeah, he, had, he, had some fried, he had some fried chicken on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He liked to get the grease oh, on his fingers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know what I want to ask. Okay. I, I cheated. I, 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 I have the stems, so I've, I've heard it. I got to know. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming that because of how uh, time has to be edited so that an entire uh, album side can fit. Right, Jackie, on wondering who, <laughs> why was Michael's bridge taken out? Was oh. it just to cut? Was it just to cut or edit so that well, let, so that well, you didn't go over explain, or mastering? Let, let me explain what you tell so the listeners can understand. Back in okay, the day, okay, sorry. Uh-huh. If you had too much low end and you try to master it, it'll spread and eat up more of the record. Right, so mm-hmm. you had to master and get the right sounds and get everything it's not that way today but you mm-hmm. know and we go to bernie grutman mastering he did all he did all the mastering and a lot of times we'd be in the studio i mean how, how many minutes is it and you know because we only can put so many minutes on a record on the side right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if and if you got a so if you got a record like shake your body with a lot of low end then your minutes get less because it's going to eat up more space. Mm-hmm. And and so we will always keep track of the time on how much time that we had to put on there and get in there. And sometimes we had to make edits. That's right. So, so it'll fit. So my, my question is though, I mean, you know, walk right now is a gargantuan time. song, seven minutes. Right. Like why not edit from walk right now instead of taking like Michael's, part out of wondering who i mean no one misses it because no one's ever heard it but i thought that was a very curious edit and always wondered like why did they take his part out well you could you could have shaved 23 minutes you could have shaved 23 seconds from walk right now but instead tito knows that answer no, <laughs> Jackie don't know the answer. We don't. He, we, it, it just happened. It, you know, oh, okay. we we weren't feeling it, and it was just happening. But on walk right now, we want to capture every it's not sound. Walk right now, walk right now, Marlon. Or walk right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, we uh, um, we had uh, uh, the percussionist, uh, Paulino de Costa. You see. Used to come in the studio, and he have all his toys around him and all that stuff. Right. And so we was trying to get some sound. Oh, laughter from him. But yes, and he would be laughing, playing, but he can play his rump off. And uh, and we wanted to make sure that we kept all the stuff he did, keep all the stuff. And uh, on walk right now, what we one of the things we did is we took the tape, we spliced it, and we took the tape and we played it backwards. Yeah. You know, so we, because, you know, computers today, you can do whatever you want to do, but back in those days, but when you do that, you got to make sure that it's in sync. You got to be on the downbeat. And it takes, it took a while for us to get that down just the way we wanted. So it can yeah. come right on the downbeat. downbeat. It, it wasn't something that just happened like that. And, and we, we breathing over the, over the engineer, make sure he splices it at the right time, right spot, because you, you don't get a chance, second chance. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> you know, and he's nervous and got the razor blade and, you know, then splice, put it all back together and, and we listen to it. It, <laughs> it ain't on the downbeat. Yeah. Okay, we got to come back, reverse it, put it back together. Every day. 
And, you know, so it took it took some time. Of course, you know what we mean, right? You know, right? No, I totally look. I Steve, I'm surprised Steve's not weighing in. Probably of of any album that I've studied, the mixing and mastering of Come is on, probably Steve. the Triumph record. <laughs> I I asked. Uh, well, just, yeah, just the last when, couple when, of years when, of my life have been. Uh, <laughs> lost, lost. Be no, f- yeah, for my 40th, I asked. Um, Back when L.A. Reid was president of Epic, if I could, if he could send me all the, all the, uh, uh, the stems so I could study, and yeah, Walk Right Now had a lot of tracks on it. Like, sure did. Didn't even you? that part with uh, DaCosta's mm-hmm. uh, solo with all those uh, yeah. percussion things, like just yeah. the the painstaking. And you guys did it without Pro Tools, so yeah, yeah there were no Pro Tools back in the, in the yeah. I know. It's like you guys had to <laughs> make that shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon, by this point also, you were doing, producing uh, yourself, working on a Betty Wright's record. In addition, uh, your sister Janet working on her. Like, what Can you talk about uh, your first forays into outside producing? Um, well, Don't Stand Another Chance is a, is a song that John Barnes and I wrote. And um... Can you also explain the Cheryl Lynn connection with that? Because... The there's, love. No Sher- there's no Charlene connection. Well, the I have a track of a Charlene song singing the same rhythm track, but just new lyrics of it. I never understood the difference between. I, I've never heard that. Yeah, it's called really? Love. Uh, hang on. Mom, a second. That's Chris Love. Mom, Chris got stuff you don't even have. You don't have <laughs> <laughs> Chris Love, okay. Mom. Wait. Yeah, that's it. That joke have been up on Mars and everything. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually asked, uh, I was confused about it, and Jimmy Jam had told me there's, yeah, there's a song that came out on um, on our instant, not the Instant Love album, but it's called Love uh, Love Rush. <laughs> uh, love yes. Rush. It's it's on the, the Preppy album. So I wanted to know if you. Like what was what was the working relationship with John Barnes as far as putting that song together? We just came in and um, John t- John was playing this song and right. he wanted me to do the lyrics and and so I said yeah let's get it done let's do it and so we worked on worked on it together. John and John John Barnes and I used to hang out all the time. He used to come over to the house all the time. We just okay. start writing stuff and doing stuff. And working with with Betty Wright also, what was that process? Betty, like? Betty is a Betty is a great person. She's a you know rest in peace. She just passed away. Yeah, passed away. Her. Right, but uh, she she was a, she's a great woman. She's a great singer too. And on mm-hmm. on that album, Luther did a lot of background stuff on that album before people knew who Luther Vandross was. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I had a great time in the studio working with Betty. And, and you know, she's funny. She's um, She's the vocal coach as well, uh, you know, and, and Betty know every damn body, you right. know. So when you needed something, she said, "Don't worry, I got it." I, you know, we're calling people to do stuff for us, and and uh, I called in John Barnes to come in because we had this band that was doing these tracks with us, and and the tracks kept swimming, and mm-hmm. the drummer just couldn't keep time, and so the Lynn machine. The drum Lynn machine Lynn drum, had, yeah. had just come out. Right. So, so I told John to stop at my house and grab my drum Lynn machine because, you know, I, I knew how to program that, that machine to make drums sound like, to, 
to to make to make them sound like um Fresh drums. Like like real, like like real <laughs> real drums, and that's the whole right. key. Hold on one second, please. Um actually Jackie, for you as well, I know that your solo album came out in seventy three. Are you are you even aware that is it him or me is kind of uh held up in high regard in in, in sort of hip hop circles as kind of a well, because it has a drum, a, a famous drum break on it that, you know, an obscure album can suddenly become like. Right. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't aware. No. Active. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is is it him or me? But I, I wanted I to know about that song. Is that it's, to you just it's, like. Uh, it's funny you say that because I noticed um, my boys, I got twin boys here. They're very young and. Mm-hmm. and uh, over the last two weeks, they've been playing that a lot in the house. And I was hearing it, you know, I was upstairs and I was hearing, I said, who's that singing? And it was me. And, you know, <laughs> and my boys are like, they're seven years old, you know, twin boys. And they play all of our, all, all, all of our music. All, all right. Of but all of a sudden they was playing my solo album. I haven't heard that stuff in about 20 years, my, my solo stuff, maybe longer than that. And it was playing and, and I was really I was really grooving off of it, you know, thanks to them for just bringing, you know, to my attention. It sounds great, you know. Yeah. A lot a lot of time when I tour, people ask me, ask me, how come you don't do these songs? You know, when I do the meet and greet, they ask, how come you're not doing these songs? You know. For for again, for hip hop producers, like that mm-hmm. album is 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 one of the, you know. Yeah, is is one of those things, yeah. It's nice. is one of, yeah, that just caught on. So for hip hop. Yeah. Collectors like "Is It Him or Me" is like one of yeah. our, one Thank of our you. our favorite songs. But actually, for the both of you, with you, Marlon, and with you, Jackie, working on um, "Baby Tonight" and your album was uh, "Be the One." What was what was that process like? Like finally working on uh, your solo albums in that time period, like after the after the Victory album and and those things. Like what was what was that process like for you? working on those records well, for me it was, it was well i had a studio in, in in the back of my house so i'd get up in pajamas and just go in the studio and spend on a practically almost all night there and, and and just come up with a bunch of stuff or you know in, in the studio and um there's a lot of stuff that i have that was never released or you know hasn't been out and uh some good stuff too i think I was playing some of some of it the other day, and um, you know you've been doing it all your life, so mm-hmm. it, it it's it's almost like second nature. It's not something, you know, that you whoa, whoa. It's like okay, got to get another project done. You got to do this. I mean, we grew up in the studio. We from from young kids to to now. So when you get in the studio, you you pretty much know the ins and outs. You know you how to work the boards, how to engineer the stuff. Yeah, you know, what you're looking for. So mm-hmm. it, it was. It was. It wasn't that difficult, but um, it's fun, especially when you start working on some stuff for you for yourself. You know, you try to make it fun, but you 
want to make sure it's you, you know you try to capture what you're looking for, but mm-hmm. it, it it wasn't that difficult. I mean, you pretty much use the same guys that you always used on the Destiny. You call in Greg Filling Gaines to play some stuff, David Williams to play some licks mm-hmm. for you on some on, on some stuff that you want to do. You know, you get get with Jerry Hale or somebody and give him the, the horn licks you want. He go right out the chart to do. Let me right. call, hone in on this. And one thing about these these artists that we had these. These, you know, like I said before, these artists, they they hung around us as friends. So they mm-hmm. knew everything about us. They know exactly what we were looking for. Uh, they were friends of ours. We hung out together. We we went to dinner together. We did a lot of things. As a matter of fact, they were our age. I mean, they grew up with us. So mm-hmm. everything came to nature. It was easy, you know, quite easy. I was going to say, Marlon, um, one, of, one of the bands that i like is is gritty politi and i know that um yeah fred fred mayer yeah fred had worked mayer. on um the, the oh, yeah. album with you what was it what was it like working with him fred fred, fred was cool because it was my first time fred is the one turned me on to the ad one i don't know if you're familiar with the ad one drums drum uh, kit ad one. it's a yeah it's the same kit that um phil collins used on i can feel it in the Air tonight. The boom, oh, boom. So yeah. Okay. It's, it's, right. It's, it's that. It's that sound. And and Fred, Fred turned me on that. And as a matter of fact, I bought one. And we came up and we we wrote a lot of stuff together. Yes, I I, I like Scrilly Politi too. Dang, you be doing your stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. He had Jackson's like I man. He had, I, I know he had Jackson's. a sound. He had a sound, Scrilly Politi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Scrilly we talked about them on another episode i can't we remember did. who it was we, yeah. we went kind of deep on, on them i yeah i was gonna say no nah, we, we're not just thriller bandwagoners like we're you know we 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 know the whole spectrum of the entire work of you know all all nine of you actually wait a minute fonte we're talking about scary videos the one we never mentioned what? Was freaking torture! Ooh, oh yeah, papa. torture! Yeah, I never. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. What? Yeah, that nah, one. I didn't. I didn't watch yeah. that one. With the whip, Jackie. What's the the eye and the hand. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, can you, yeah. Ooh, that was the freaking. Well, torture please? is a good. <laughs> torture is, torture is a great song. It is. Yeah. No, it was a. It was a great song, but now I'll just a think of the eye and the hand and yeah. like ah the slime. Long story. We're on the victory tour, right? The very beginning of the victory tour. And at the time, I was dating Paul Abdul at the time. I was the one who dropped them jewels. Whoever that is. Right? Mm. Who? I I, I was the one who got her in the industry. I mean, when she was a Laker girl, I remember sitting on the floor. Paula Abduki. Did you get her in the nasty video? Yeah. Me and Marlon had. Seats on Laker seats on the floor when Magic Johnson was doing their thing at the time, and uh, I'm sitting on the floor and um, and every day I'm on the floor walks around every day before the game starts. Denzel would come over and say hello to me. He we come for he he comes in late, and I think he I think he just came off his first big movie, his first movie, and he would walk around the place and people really didn't know who he was and he would come over and say hello to me, but. He's Denzel today, but anyway, I'm sitting on the floor, and, and all of a sudden, Paula comes over, and, and another girl comes over, and they want an autograph, you know. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I sign the autograph, and then she goes back and sit behind the basket, where, you know, where the Laker girls sit. They sit behind the basket, 
And right. all of a sudden, Sam Watson come over and says, Jackie, Paula wants to uh, know uh, that you want to have coffee after the uh, game. And I said, um, sure. I said, well, tell her, yeah, I'll meet her after the game. And so we went to have some coffee. And we became very good friends, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and we dated for like four years, you know. Next thing I know, she's doing Janet videos. I put her with Janet. Me and John McClain put her with Janet. She's doing all the Janet stuff. And uh, and next thing, uh, we go on the Victory Tour. And we have, we're in New York City. So we had a, a cattle call of people, maybe 300 people, to be in this video. And she helped me arrange the video for torture video. And, wow. and all of a sudden, I said, Paula, I want you to to choreograph this video. He said, no, I said, Paula, I believe in you. You can do it. Don't be afraid. You can do this. And uh, and she did. And she That's the first on. video she choreographed? Mm-hmm. She put it together, yeah. Slime and wow. everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And subsequently, well, I assume that she also did the body video as well, because that was... No. Well, it was kind no, of no. a video of a cattle no, call of... No, Paula Paul didn't did. do the body. No, she didn't do that video. Oh, snap. She okay. Didn't do that one. No, Michael Peters did that. Oh, mm-hmm. Michael Peters. Ah. Yeah. He was my okay. daddy's friend. The legendary Michael Peters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Michael Peters was bad. I don't care what well, you said. What? Rest in peace, man. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask real question? Y'all, since you guys were talking about bands, I just wanted to ask about your touring bands because... You imagine that like whatever the audition process is must be a must be crazy to audition for the Jacksons. But I know I was lucky enough, like, I don't know, seven years ago to be a production assistant on a Jacksons tour. And you guys Mm -hmm. have. Yeah. But but I went to London with y'all. I went to the the Isle of Wight and I went to a Belize. I didn't know this. Like you. (laughs) We met. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were there? Yeah, I was helping out with Bill Brown and Nick and everybody. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yep, helping you in the dressing rooms. Listen, I was on my hustle. When you get fired from radio, you got to, you know. So big up, <laughs> love to Bill Brown. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all yeah. know this? No. no. I thought I mentioned it to Tito because I, I, I took a whole you selfie with Tito. Flexing, yeah, to work with the Jacksons, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. One time I worked for the Jacksons and it, it was just amazing to see that like the band that y'all formed was not only just some of them were young, like your music director, Brandon, at the time, he was like 30, early, 30, maybe 30. Right. Mm-hmm. But just a dynamic, amazing, stupendous band. And then you combined it with some OGs. But can you just talk about the process now for to put together a Jackson band? Who's playing bass, by the way? Brandon in, in your Brown. current band. Brandon Brown. Yeah. Brandon Brown. Brandon is young Brandon. Yeah, that won an Oscar when he yeah. was for Three Six Mafia. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 Oh, Brandon, he's killing. Yeah, yeah, Brandon's a bad boy. Yeah. He's killing. Yes. <laughs> and your drummer and your, your drummer and your percussionist. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but what is the process now? But what's the process now? How did you how do you decide who's good enough to Well, you know, you know, you know, what when those guys come in, they come in knowing the music. They come in playing everything because they, they they grew up on it. They, they I'm about to say yeah, we it. had years to learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come in knowing the stuff. You know, we we when they start playing, I said, "Oh my God, these young cats! How do you know this stuff like this?" You know, and they grew up playing it. You know, they, they and you just polish south. Him. Yeah, you just polish them up a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. they pretty much know it. And another question, since you guys are going to still tour right after COVID, because y'all have been oh, touring. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> them, can you tell people your routines, your dance routines seem the exact same? 
I mean, from the freeze that you talked about, like everything mm-hmm. y'all do, your bodies move the exact same. Is it the exact same? And how do y'all maintain that? Tito gave me some quick, like, this is just what we do answer. But I know Marlon and Jackie. It, it got is, something. It is. You know, you know, <laughs> once once we, um, you know, we can be off stage for the longest time. And once we get together, somehow it just comes together. It, it comes that way because we've been doing it for so long. We just know each other's moves. We know, matter of fact, we know where Michael would be on stage, you know, in any given time. We know exactly where he would be on that stage, even today if we go on stage, you know. And that's how it works. We just, it just works that way. How do you easy. make sure your bodies are still able to keep up with these moves on a daily? Well, sometimes yeah. it hurts. You're like you shoveling know. and... <laughs> sometimes <laughs> this happens. You know, you know, when you're on stage, if you try to if you think of a move and try to do it, it doesn't work that way. You just mm-hmm. got to feel it and you do it and don't right. think about it. Right. That's, that's the bottom of the line, you know? And, y'all brothers, y'all take vitamins and things or like any yeah, kind of... Yeah, we do. We stay in shape and plus, you know, like our show is like a high energy show and it's like working out to me. It's yeah. a good workout because I get a great workout. I aspire a lot, but only, you know, plus you get a check at the end of the day, but you know, it's Let's cool. Let's talk about yeah. it. <laughs> 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 It's like it's like going to the gym, you know. It's like it's a great workout for us. We love it. It's but a great the main workout. key, the main key is make sure you get your rest. We do not go out and party at clubs after the we show. Never did. Stay up we all never, night. We never uh, did. We go to yeah. bed and get our rest so we can be ready to go the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I was Proceed. curious to know too, like y'all's um, you know, because y'all were raised Jehovah's Witness, and I was curious to know how your parents at that time, you know, when y'all were kids and just throughout your career. How much did your faith play in, you know, I guess developing that discipline that you guys talk about? And how did your parents um, say, okay, y'all can, you got your career, but you also have to, I guess, worship in whatever way. How did y'all strike that balance? Well, well, my mom was different, as long as you had some type of spiritual belief or whatever. But they understood that uh, uh, dollar bills got you out of Gary. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. But we say, but... What I loved about my mom is that she didn't try to force the religion on you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Jehovah Witness. Because when I got married, you know, I I I became a Catholic, going to Catholic uh, church all the time and things. Like gotcha. My wife, as uh, long as you had some type of belief in in, in God in your life and, and, and tried to do the right thing, she was comfortable with that. Now, my sister Reby, my sister Reby, she's different. She's still. She throw the wash towels at you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael and Michael was baptized too. Michael got baptized. He was baptized at one time, and right. he told me the story that he was really serious. It was a Saturday. You know how Joe would just knock on the door and mm-hmm. and talk to wash towels. So Michael knocked on this girl's door. She opened the door and realized it was him. Come on, man. And she started peeing. He said she started peeing right in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> she, she started. He didn't know what to do. He told me he's, he's trying to teach her about Jehovah, the God, Jehovah God. Right? And she's realizing what's him, and she just started. <laughs> <laughs> this, true, this is a true story. Yeah, true story. Oh, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's stardom. That is our clip for yeah. this episode. I, <laughs> I can't wait to see it animated. The animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah, he was really serious. And, you know, oh, and God. Bill Bray was waiting for him because Bill Bray, would, you know, he would go with him at times, you know, stand, stand on the corner and wait for him, you know, and and uh, he would go out and people, it was, it was kind of hard for him to do that at the time, but he did it, you know. <laughs> and so and so some of the things he really wanted to do, he had to get out of the faith, you know, he had to get out of Jehovah's Witness yeah. to, to really do his thing where he really wanted to go, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm never going to get that visual out my head. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jackie. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I I can ask questions forever. I'm, are you, if you guys have done your questions, Wait, I got can one I just ask one, question. I, I got one family oh, question. Go ahead. Go ahead I, just, I want to know um, throughout your lives and actually now post-Rona, how you guys maintain speaking to each other, how you guys maintain, because it's eight, it's eight of y'all. Do you, yeah. how yeah, is there often a Jackson you family Zoom? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah right. Well, we do this sometimes like we're doing right now. And sometimes okay. Tito will come over my house. I'll be Tito at a park. You know, we meet, you know, his wife and my wife, we meet with the kids and at, at a park. You know, we do that sometimes. And and because it's, it's really serious out there, with, you know, with this coronavirus, and you got to be real, real careful. You gotta, especially in California out this way. Yes, that's what I mean. Wow, man. Yeah, it's, it's 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 tough. You gotta. Be, I mean, you have to mask up. Keep keep your hands clean, and, and that's what we do. And so far, so far, I'm good. And so how is Reby? Okay. What's up, man? Reby Reby's doing well. She lives with my mom. She stayed with my mom. Oh, good. She watches my mom. My mom and Reby together. And oh, I love it. Okay. They're over there decorating the house right now, doing it all over again. And that's what my mom is doing. She's so alert. You're talking to my mom, you think she's around 40 years old. She, Yo, your she, mom, how old is she now, Jackie? She'll be 91, May 4th. What a blessing. 90. Yo. 90. 90. That's she's, amazing. She's 90 now. She'll be 91. Yeah. 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 That's love. That's amazing. She's doing Still well. whoop you on your butt. That's right. Yes, That's right. amazing. I'm happy when she wake up every morning. You know what I'm saying? Just happy to see her. My, my, my last question was, I know that... Um, you guys often talk about like you guys try to get together as a family and all that, but with the kids until how, how hard is it to organize Jackson family reunions or well, right, can that, right, right does now that very, still happen? Not right now. It's very difficult to do that well, right now. Right yeah. now it's very difficult. Before we do it all the time. So like 2300 right, Jackson street, the video, that was like real life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> To be the person that cooks that food. Okay. Right? I see. <laughs> they got somebody for that of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I you know what? I met your I met the I met your dessert maker, the woman that bakes all the cakes and I forget her name. Uh she, he's talking about uh Remy. No, he's talking no, about he's talking Remy. About, uh, she makes this German chocolate cake that's come out on, of Tito. She's talking about come on, you know he's talking oh, about Cordia. 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 Yeah, yeah, Cordia is the good. She not only but she does it for Will Smith too. <laughs> no, she does oh, it for everybody. Man. Like, yeah. uh, she came to a Janet show and she snuck. I think at the time Janet's like, "I'm not supposed to have this," and she snuck her like <laughs> a cake coat, like <laughs> real covert style, like back alley deal sort of thing. And then uh, she introduced herself to me, and I was like, "Oh, you've been making cakes with the Jacksons how long?" And then she made one. Now she's official, man. She's oh, like, yeah, she, she's great. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing Amazing. Kate. Yeah. Um, But question, can I say something? Yeah. Man, I'd like to thank you, man. You've been so supportive of my family. We would go to, we would go to uh, five-star hotels, right? Mm -hmm. We walk into hotels and on the coffee table, be this big coffee book, right? Mm -hmm. And I open it up. It's you in there. You in the book. Really? In a lot of hotels. You were (laughs) inside the book. 
and, and you're standing there with all our Jackson paraphernalia <laughs> all over all, all over the place with the Jackson's albums and I would see this and that's how I learned that you were you know I think <laughs> yeah I, I oh, mean man. I said man and, I gotta and, thank this guy you know he's the biggest the biggest picture I saw was in the Heartbreak Hotel uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> 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 and I see all you know, yo for real in London everywhere we go we see you in these books man. In, oh in, man! On the coffee table in London hotels, all yeah, you're in, yeah. I, I must get around. Yeah. I must get around <laughs> in the airplane no, everywhere. Yeah. You know, you guys, you guys are you know our first superheroes. Yeah, and, y'all are royalty, mm-hmm. man. Like literally, y'all music has been a part Seriously. of my life. I'm I'm forty-two. Oh, y'all music has been you've been your music has been a part of my life like my whole life. Like I don't ever remember a point in my life not knowing a Jackson song or hearing the music in my house or my mother playing wow. it or whatever. And um, nah, man, I just give y'all brothers flowers. Love y'all, yeah. man. Like, they, thank you. Thank you. Step Joe Flowers. Giving flowers right. Bill Sherman. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Step We're Joe giving flowers. flowers right now. All <laughs> given, <laughs> taking take all the flowers. flowers. Your name is We're a nursery. Flowers. We're botanists. And I, no. I, I remind people again, when we go outside, go see the Jacksons live. It is yeah. just like it was 10, 15, 20, 30, 40. 50. It's, all, it's all the same. Yes. Just the same as uh, this. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you very much for thank doing you. this podcast. I, I really appreciate it. Thank Tito, can I ask one final question, Amir? Hell yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. I'm out. Um, no, just um, you don't often get a chance to ask Motown legends who their yeah. favorite Motown legends are. So I'm just wondering who, like, as on a personal level, who your favorite Motown artist or band was, if you could just pick one. Well, From, I, I Marvin Gaye. Besides the J5. I'll be for, Marvin I'll be Gaye. For, yeah, Marvin Tito. For me, it's like the Temptations. Uh, uh, they, they're the ones who really, uh, we watched a lot of Temptations. Yeah, yeah, oh. and, it was and, and, and Dinah Ross. I hate to say it. I got. I got to bring her up. I have to. And <laughs> and the Pips. No, no, the the, pips. The, yeah, yeah. No, know, no, no. Jack, you just have the whole damn squad. Actually, wait, everybody, a whole, yeah, a whole group. I, yeah, no. Wait, Steve actually Stevie. brought up something that we normally ask, and I didn't ask. Marlon said Stevie. You missed. It. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, Marlon. I'm sorry. Of course, cousin yeah. Stevie. Yeah, now Stevie um, and Marvin Gaye were, were my thing. I was going to say, uh, well, normally Steve asked this question, but when you guys were in that Encino house, what was the record collection like? Oh, and where is it now? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> how big was the record collection? And I think we like, all had who our, decided we, what got played. We we all had our own record collection, I believe. I mean, I listened. I I I mean, I got. A lot of the Quincy Jones albums. I had Marvin Gaye's Distant Lovers album. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Backstabbers, Hell Melvin and the Blue Notes records. Yeah. Eight, so eight tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, eight we're tracks. Doing, we're doing four tracks and eight tracks. Yeah, Sign Seal mm-hmm. Delivered. And we, you know, had the stuff on cassettes. Y'all forgot about cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we, you know, we. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, it's a blessing to see these numbers. I know a lot of jumpers don't get to see these numbers. <laughs> for real, for real. Yes. But, uh, you know, we listen We listen to all kind of music. I mean, country, western music. Uh, we sure did. We, we sure did. We listen to all kind of music. to it all. Because great music is great music. I don't care what genre it is. You mm-hmm. know, it, great music is just great music. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Amen. Okay. Well, and having said that, I'm Marlon Jackson. You're on the Quest Love Show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, Who needs me sign off the show? Yeah, All right, y'all. Uh, on behalf of on behalf of everyone, this is Quest Love. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see y'all on the next go round. This is Quest Love Supreme. Thank you. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS and let us know what you think and who should be next to sit down with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. All right? Peace. What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.